That's not the right song. Sorry. <laughs> oh, darn. Oh, here we are. Good morning and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was Zion Trinity singing opening prayer for the African deity, Eshulekba, a deity that lets us know that we always have choices. We are never victims. And we are so excited to have in the studio Slave Rebellion reenactment army members, veterans. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the historic uh, German Coast Uprising, January 1811, that took place in southeast Louisiana, and the reenactment, um, sort of spearheaded by artist Dred Scott out of New York, um, where on November 8th and 9th, we continued the march, you know, along the river uh, road into New Orleans, and we took over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, because um, there's so many of us I was thinking we could uh, maybe um, You know, maybe one at a time um, You know, talk about the reenactment You know, sort of what what brought you to uh, to New Orleans um, You know, um, to march into New Orleans You know, freedom or death and uh, And then we could just, you know, keep the conversation rolling So I'm going to let you introduce yourselves um, we have another person that joined us. Two, three, okay, um, four. So, wow, this is so awesome. And maybe some other people might join us. We have a couple of hours, so we have a long time to talk. So um, so whoever wants to start can start, and then um, we'll continue. So, Camilla, uh, Moses, uh, Okpodu, do you want to start since this is your third yes. conversation? <laughs> Wanda, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Camelia Moses of Podu. I'm um, the dean of the College of Arts and Science at Xavier University. I came to New Orleans um, about a year ago from the Hampton Roads area, where I was involved um, very extensively in the 1619 Project, Making of America. 
and also did research on the Emancipation Oaks, which is uh, near Hampton University's campus in Hampton, Virginia. And so I've been very interested in this aspect of our uh, personhood in America. My, I, I'm a biochemist by training, so my work on the Emancipation Oak was I did some molecular um, genetic stuff to show that there were some trees that were in the city of Hampton that were genetically very close, closely related to the Emancipation Oak, suggesting they were planted after in the city by um, persons who um, were perhaps all uh, uh, ancestors and who had gotten some of the cuttings from the tree and planted it. So one project I mm. did with students to kept them from um, cutting that tree down uh, in the city. Mm. So I came here. I was expecting great things moving to New Orleans because it's, a, it's just got a whole different culture than the, than the East Coast. And so when I found out about this, because Andrea Scott came to our university to give a presentation, so I immediately went up and said, Can I, how, do I, how do I participate? So And here I met you, Wanda. The first day, I was only able to do the first day. Um, and I don't know how I did the first day because, as we talked before, I don't exercise regularly and not enough to walk the 12 miles or 16 miles we walked that day. It was only by the grace of God and our ancestors pushing me forward because I have a real bad knee. And, but I was determined to make the – um, so nobody was going to turn me around. So that's how I got here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Kelsey, um, want to be next? Sure. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, everyone. It's great to hear your voices Good morning. And, and be connected again. Um, I am a Pittsburgh and Brooklyn-based theater artist and musician, and um, I took an interest in this project. A friend told me about it, who's also an artist, because of a, um, a project that I've been working on. It's called Talking with Ghosts About Freedom. And the goal for Talking with Ghosts About Freedom is actually to cross the country from the south to the north while visiting these different abolitionist sites and collecting histories about uprisings, about rebellion, and about um, you know slavery told from a non-passive perspective. And uh, And so I first heard about Dred Scott's project back in 2017, and I thought that it just sounded like something I had to be a part of, and um, and that's what brought me there to to New Orleans, and um, it was an incredible experience, and I think that you know everyone who was there feels a stronger sense of connectivity to to our ancestors and to also continuing the conversations about. Um, the legacy of slavery and how it affects all of us in our day-to-day lives and then in our work. Um, and so that's that's how I got there, and, and it was a thrill to be there, and I'm really, really honored to have been a part of it. Mm, yeah. And what was special about um, sort of the section that that you and I and, and Jarden Lake, who's on the, on, the, uh, on the air with us presently, um, and I don't know how many others were part of the uh, the Freedom Victoria Corps. Victoria was here too, right? Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we created thinking... a new soundtrack. It was heck awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. You'd ask what their um, right, yes, yeah, totally. The album. The we got to totally drop the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, you'd ask. 
about what it, what weapons people were carrying, and I said day one I was carrying a hay fork, and day two I was carrying a tambourine, and mm-hmm. I thought that, that was kind of a a beautiful metaphor in general for how we, you know, turn our adversities into art and how we live our lives and and choose to make meaning from our lives and that we can have these, um, you know, that we were able to all come together. And day two was a completely different experience for me, and I think for all of us who were in our section in particular, than day one is um, because that that music really united us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So Jarden, hi, good hi. to have you okay. on. Hi, hi, yeah. you all. I, I feel <laughs> a little like I feel a little like grandpa because I was like, is this thing on? I can't hear anything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, now I understand you just call it and now you join the, the rest of uh, of the uh, folks. But, yeah, so um, Wanda, thanks for having um, me on. Thanks for kind of creating a space to open up this moment for us to reflect. I think it's, um, yeah, there's still just, like, so many reflections, you know, coming off of this. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, I'm Jarden. I live in New Orleans. Um, I'm from Florida, Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I've just, like, always for a very long time been so, like, deeply, deeply, deeply interested in just, like, stories of, like, resistance, rebellion. I am a big rebel myself. <laughs> um, um, and I think that's some of the energy um, that, like, brought me to Slave Rebellion reenactment was, like, wait a second. We get a chance to, like, kind of, like, relive this, like, buck on the system moment, you know, in this polit- in this particular time, in this um, political moment, you know, like, there's so many parallels um, to, you know, what it, what it might mean to um, resist against, like, all the systematic stuff today um, and what was happening, you know, in 1811. So I was like, absolutely, you don't have to worry about sending me the invite. I'm there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and, um, and so, yeah. And then, and then what came together was just wild and incredible. I mean, you know, I don't know if a lot of people spoke to this, but it was also like a reunion. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I actually knew, knew Kelsey very briefly from, um, Mm -hmm. this, uh, Afro-Brazilian, um, company that's here in New Orleans called Casa Samba. We met sometime, what, last fall, Kelsey or something like that? January. Okay, January, January there you go. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there it was, here we were then, all the way out La Place, in our, like, enslaved regalia, <laughs> you know, and you look up and You're it's like, at oh, each that's other, like, homie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do I know you? In a whole different look and in a whole different kind of makeup. I mean, there was another friend um, who came all the way. You came all the way from Pittsburgh, huh, Kelsey? There was someone mm-hmm. who came from from D.C. I mean, people right, really, Right, came from Pittsburgh really like, and just happened to be studying with um, with Casa Samba there with Mama Carol and right. my brother Pierre. And, right, uh, right. And it right. was but really, we had ended up at Brother Pierre's house sort of by chance and got a chance to play some percussion together. Some music one together, night. exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we had... We actually had a little, we actually, we've been here before in a sense, but then I feel like as, as members of the army, man, we really got a chance to just throw down, but, and also just speaking to the point of how far and wide people came, you know, it was wild to hear people say that they came from California, from New York, from Mm -hmm. Detroit and so forth. And so I think, um, 
I think symbolically um, it spoke a lot to also, you know, what it might mean, what it might have meant even from like black nations to be represented from all across the continent, probably largely West Africa, and in the same mm-hmm. symbolic way for for us to be gathered together, you know, um, mm-hmm. in New Orleans and Laplace, you know, kind of as like as well as indigenous multi-tribe folks, sort of you know call that we took to participate in this. There's just so many parallels, I feel like from that you can make to just like the way people of African descent move and, and put possibly, possibly, you know, some of the ways that black people were socially and politically even kind of organizing themselves then to now how mm-hmm. some of this came together. And I would say, like, I know we kept calling it a performance, but it was so much mm-hmm. more than that. I really strongly feel like, you know, uh, the majority of people who, who decided to participate in this, they didn't say, oh, you know, it's cool. I want to be, you know, in this performance. Like, I'm I'm going to... <laughs> To New Orleans, right. you know, I right. think people people were really kind of called to this through the spirit of of like ancestral um, memory, uh, a calling ancestrally, spiritually, and just also in the in the kind of spirit of like Black liberation. Even if you don't necessarily identify yourself as an organizer, or activist, you know, a, a liberationist, but that that's a lot of the spirit that I also think came forward, you know, as part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Really well said. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I also want to hear what we're saying, that we had a lot of folks coming out, coming out too, from indigenous communities, and that there's a strong yes, intersection sure. there with mm-hmm, with um, marooning communities and and um, not only folks with black ancestral ties, but also indigenous American folks, too. And that's really yeah. important, considering tomorrow, right, uh, indigenous um People's Day, and, and if you don't, that's if you like reject the Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And know the, the history of it, and yeah, it's uh, once you once you read about that and get woke, like it's just really hard to like go along with like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is Nicole Eugene. I yeah have um, I actually learned about the the project by reading the Vanity Fair article, and when I saw that. That they're going to be crossing where I where I grew up, um, mm. that it was something that I really wanted to to be a part of, um, because because the levees that we because um, I grew up in in the um, St. Rose not St. Rose St. Charles mm. area, yeah. and went mm. to the uh, the white Catholic church. I don't know if y'all noticed they were passing it before we got to the plantation. That was my mm. elementary school. Um, mm. And wow. I didn't know for sure that, you know, that we were going to be doing that, but, but that's what we ended up doing. And that was really, that was really powerful um, because we still have connections there. We still have family off, off the levee. Um, but, but I really wanted to be a part of this because um, a, a number, a number of reasons, but, but it, it connects me to, to this resistance. Right, but it also connects you to this history, and um, and so part of what what happens when your family like uproots you from you know these systems of extended families, you you feel disconnected, and so this was a really a really powerful way of of uh, trying to uh, re reinvigorate like my connections to to this place um, because I'm looking forward to doing more research. Um, 
on this this cancer alley and and these this experience of of being black in in these 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 spaces where where our health and and our lives are really shaped by living in a system that doesn't really value in us the way the way that we uh value each other mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. tell us your name again this is nicole eugene at University of Houston, Victoria. I mean, University of Houston, yeah, Victoria. Um, and so I was happy to, to fly out there for, mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah, so you have a visceral connection because, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's your land too, you know. Yeah, wow, that's really, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And um let's see, we've got um uh Miss Andrea, we have to um, you know, um send some prayers for her. She ended up not feeling well and so she had to go yes. to emergency this morning. So we're gonna mm-hmm. send some good energy her way, so hopefully she'll feel better. Um so, um, Uncle Bobby and Sister Beatrice, I don't think they're with us. Um, what about um hmm, who else is in the studio? I think I heard um, oh, um, studio Victoria. Or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here. Yes. Yay, Victoria. How y'all doing? I miss you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Um, yeah, good morning. My name's Victoria Grubbs. Uh really grateful for this opportunity just to hear folks' reflections, you know. The end of of the reenactment was the hardest part for me. I was like, "Oh snap, it's over!" <laughs> like, not, not it's not over. It's never over. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess just to sort of echo what everybody else has been saying about how I came to the performance. Um, it was just a friend who lived in New Orleans who sent it to me. Um, it was actually a white friend that I have who was like, yeah, I don't, and she's like, I think I'm too white for this, but I think you might be into it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's my shit. So I immediately bought a ticket. I was in a, the moment I heard about it. And I think that kind of urgency is something that other people have been saying. Like, it just felt like as soon as you knew that was an opportunity that you could have, it wasn't one you were going to miss. And I think that speaks to ha- the singularity of that experience, like being able to be in a public space, um, sort of armed to the teeth, able to sort of release Mm -hmm. all of this this rage that we just sort of like deal with on a daily basis or like, I'm mad, but I guess I'll be all right. Like, that was just really healthy and and really, really empowering and um, just also the, the chance to be surrounded um, you know, with the with the voices of other people who are who are feeling the same thing, I feel really lucky to have been there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Awesome. And uh, yeah, um, let's see, uh, who else is with us that hasn't had an opportunity to uh, to share yet? Oh, uh, this is Carrie. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, hey, hey Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> Hi. Um, oh, cool. My, uh, Nice to see you all again, hear you. Uh, so my, my name is Carrie Hawks. I use the uh, pronouns they, them, and theirs. And I came from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I heard about it. Actually, Dred Scott is my friend and my neighbor. So I was at his New Year's party last 
January and he mentioned he was doing this project and I was like, that's cool. And then I saw his wife at a party and she's like, you know, you could go. And I was like, oh, it like hadn't dawned on me that I could participate in it. Um, so I spoke with him like at his house. He showed me the Vanity Fair article and I just talked about um, why I wanted to be in the project. Like the main, one of the main reasons is just like, I want to be around hundreds of other people who also think that a slave rebellion is a good idea because I think there'd just be like a lot of commonality and political outlook and energy and just sometimes just putting myself in the room where things like that and then seeing what happens afterwards. Um, so I was really excited to go down the day, bef- a couple of days before I was spitting up blood and my feet had cracked. Um, but I went to the doctor and I just asked, like, can I get on a plane? He's like, yeah, I was like, great. So I was going to be there no matter what. Um, and I knew Dredd and I knew his wife. I knew I met the person who wrote the Vanity Fair article. But other than that, I was just going blind. But um, it was such a, a wonderful experience. Julian, Julian. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it was such a wonderful experience to be in. And then being in the Freedom Choir and even, like, the first day was, like, <laughs> super long day super cold and just like the amount of community and like spontaneous singing and dancing was just beautiful Mm -hmm. um and each of us getting like our weapons I had a shovel and it was funny like one day I I had to go to the bathroom and I came back they're like oh that's Carrie's shovel I like just identified with my object so quickly (laughs) and I was like like, this is now an extension of who I am for two days um so yeah I was just I mean, it was frustrating, and I got angry at some points, but it's like every emotion, and I think that's that's what it needed to be. Um, And then the ending and the celebration, and then it was was wonderful. And uh, after that, I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody for two days. It was a little overload for me. Um, Yeah. And I ran ran into one of the organizers. And then what you did, the overwhelming feeling, I think all of us probably said the same thing, and, and, and... The fact that you said about you being identified with your um, shell is also very, very interesting. I um, I remember what the dancing you guys were doing because I couldn't dance because of my knee. <laughs> so I was watching that first day, and and you reminded mm-hmm. me. I'm sitting here thinking about the cold, how cold it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was freezing. I don't know about mm. the rest of y'all, but we had all and the fun. <laughs> and by the end of day one, we were all wrapped in blankets, mm-hmm. sitting on the dirt on the roadside there, right? Just kind of mm-hmm. trying to to gather ourselves and, and all of those emotions, all those things that were coming up. Uh, it was really interesting. I Towards the end of day one, I was in a group of folks that kind of, it felt like I got left behind almost. Um, mm-hmm. And we started to pull apart a bit. And, mm-hmm. and we were able to, because of that, we were able to have these sort of more subtle one-on-one conversations. Um, I met a guy and had a really nice, like, long, slow chat while we were teaching each other things and sharing, you know, each other, sharing stories. And um, and in that way, I felt like this would have been these sort of very intimate, like, moments of uh, connectivity with folks, um, just weaving in and out of those and moments of being a part of, like, a mass mob kind of a situation um, felt really, felt really real. Felt really natural. Is like, you know, how how people continue to move forward together when they're a part of something like this. Um, 
But then it also felt, I don't know if anyone else was there with me in that group that kind of like towards the end, we were really lagging behind and it felt like, do we have the strength? Do we have the, you know, there's a a really young woman who was with us. She couldn't have been more than 20 years old and, and she was so cold and she started to cry. And I felt like this rush of maternal energy. It was just Mm -hmm. like, I have to take care of this baby. And, and there was something that also felt like, wow, we, this is how connected we are. And this is how it would have been. Like, we are in this together. And we have to yes, keep each other yeah. warm and fed and, and in good spirit and, you know, and marching onward. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like, well, Carrie, I don't know if you were, like, still trying to get some reflections out. And then I wanted to say some things to what you said, uh, uh, Kelsey. But I, I wanted to also hear that maybe Carrie was also still kind of mid-sitting somewhere in there. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know what I was saying. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, again, yeah, <laughs> well, to what you were saying, Kelsey, you know, yeah, like the first day was super brutal, I felt like, you know. And we were kind of <laughs> yeah. just like, we were walking into this, like, yeah, just, I don't know, I know me, super, like, excited, really, like, spry, just like, oh, my gosh, this is it, like, it's go time, and then the shit just got really real, <laughs> real quick, um, <laughs> um, I think, um, just with the elements, and I remember, I felt like that first, the first day, it was like, it was a real hike, you know, we were up on that levee, and I remember being in the middle somewhere, and it was just like, you had to, it was hard to try to find a rhythm with, like, the squad and your own body and you know mm-hmm. I was playing percussion and there was something kind of um there was something really disorienting about about that yeah. just physically you know um mm-hmm. and I remember actually being angry with this with the team like these folks who were organizing this I was like can't they see we're like struggling here you know like can't see like you know and I would I, I and then you know you know we kick into just like this humor like you know where people were like yo man I left my left leg back on that like left about two miles ago like people started just like you know talking about their bodies and what was happening we got we were like really just like wearing down and becoming so weary and I joked I was like you know so this whole project you know it's supposedly about us being you know enslaved folks and they're filming it I was like they're really trying to run us down <laughs> like, mm. like, some, like some slaves to get that little one magic shot at the end of the day. I was like, all this other stuff we've been doing, it's actually, it's actually nothing to do with it. It's just this moment of us being really for real worn down once we get to this battle scene, and that's the end of it, you know. But, um, but yeah, just like also along and through it, I think like what you're speaking to, Kelsey, like the ways that people – this kind of like community and interdependent um, relationship that like just happens so quickly. You know, like I was, I showed care for people and people showed care for me who I didn't even get their name until maybe like we got to Congo Square at the end, you know, and you were like, wait, what was your name? Like, thank you so much, you know. And so there was also something really beautiful and just this kind of like inherent um, practice of like care. I just really feel like it kind of brought us to this elevated space of being like, look, we're out here. We need to look out for each other. We want to look out for each other. You know, that was just mm-hmm. in people's spirit. And I thought that that was, there's just so many takeaways I was saying 
are kind of like microcosms to community organizing, you know, and it was like it almost felt like a social experiment in and of itself to be like, what happens when you put like 300 black people together from all walks of life, many places, many political views and social, you know, all kinds of things, you know, and watch what happens, you know, and I I thought it was something really powerful, um, the way we were able to like love on each other and support each other. I also want to name like we weren't, you know, very much like community, we weren't all the same people, you know, like we, we weren't all kind of thinking and feeling all in in one step either, you know. Right. So it's pretty interesting to see what happens when you, you know, when, you, when you're when you in that. Did anyone, yeah, when you walked through the, on the yeah. first day, this is Camelia, when you walked through on the first day, remember when we were walking through the spillway, did anyone yeah. get that, like, Exodus kind of feeling like this, hmm. like we're walking between the Red Sea. That that uh, visual <laughs> of, the, of the water being above us and that freaked me out. I was like, Lord, mm. you know, help me through this because it the visual it just kind of gave me almost like vertigo. Uh, but I was thinking mm. when I was walking through, I was like, this how to be had it, how it had to be when you walk through the through the Red Sea, you know. And I, I was telling y'all when I poured the libation, my group, I, we poured a libation before we walked. And um, my maiden name is Moses. So I was joking. I was mm. oh, this is the Moses experience here. And I'm going to pour this libation to our ancestors because we're going to acknowledge, you know, the fact that they, they, they are here with us in our presence and they're going to be with us. And I was laughing and saying, well, I don't know if any of the other squads or However, a group's poured a libation, but for us, that's probably how mentally I got through that walk because that was that was, I was like, when is this going to be over? I, this is this is the longest I've ever. I used to run track a long time ago, but this is too much. And I was just, in my spirit, I was like, but when we came to that thing, and it just kind of like it was for me a spiritual recognition that we actually had accomplished something that I didn't think was for myself possible but how it we got to the battle phase and the fact that I have one of my faculty members Dr. Smith she was one of the people who um, led you know in the fight in the battle and I was thinking in, in her I looked at her and in that moment she reminded me of a Harriet Tubman she's not very big and I was thinking the smallest person is out there fighting you know so I don't know if, if you guys had any of those types of uh, moments of just like, wow, we're really doing this thing. Yeah, this is yeah, Carrick again. I, I think definitely in the spillway, it was like barren, and we were removed from most, uh, we could see a factory far off, but it was cold, it was barren, it started raining, people were cranky, people were hungry. And then it's mm-hmm. it's like oh this we're like actually doing a durational thing like we're feeling in our body a little bit of like what it is not to just be like oh yeah we're gonna do this thing and it's great but like once you're tired and cranky like then you're really in it and it also like beautiful moments came from that like we formed a circle and then we had a concentric circle around that and then we all started singing together I think yeah that was awesome I, oh, yeah. oh yeah I had never expected was all the spontaneous singing that happens because I'm not necessarily a singer but like even before we left Pat had this amazing voice and he just started singing even in the 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Before we left, and they they were like, oh, okay, you know, hold on, we've got to give you instructions. And I was like, no, okay, you can only lead so far with instructions, but then like, what erupts from from the people gathering together is also very much what we're doing there. So like that, just that songs that kept coming up, like and. Once we were not on camera, we were singing modern songs, but just like that collective memory and celebration was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, did everyone get a chance to um, introduce um, him or herself or their self? Because um, I, I have more names than I heard um, speak, so I'm just checking. Nope. Okay. No problem. All righty. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, sort of that this whole experience kind of felt like it must have felt when our ancestors, um, you know, docked in, in New Orleans, um, you know, from all different places, you know, in in, uh, in the African diaspora, you know, um, mostly West Africa, but different different nations, you know, different different cultural groups, and so different languages, and and, you know, on that journey, there were some kinship um, groups started, and then once we, you know, got on that block and, and people were separated, you know, there was a regrouping of other kinship, you know, grouping groups. And and so the the family, the idea of family was really fluid, but nobody was left alone, which, which I think was really, really wonderful. And it kind of felt like that, like when my bag broke and, um, and, um, uh, and uh, um, uh, Jarden um, stopped and helped me, like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. gather all my stuff because I had dropped it. I mean, you know how those bags, they weren't real strong. <laughs> and we had a lot of things. <laughs> and, and it's just like it's completely shoulder. broke. And it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you helped me mm -hmm. get all my stuff together, which was nice. And then other people helped me because um, I was like, because I had already lost the earring the day before. This was day two, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I, yeah, I, I watched my Jinyami uh, um, earring just, it fell, and, and I couldn't get it because the soldiers were, walk, were marching on behind me, and I would have got smashed. <laughs> 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 so, like, okay, well, I'll get another one. I have one earring. So, anyway, um, yeah, but that was really beautiful. And then I thought about the whole idea of uh, reparations, right? We talk about reparations as, um, you know, getting that money, but there's more to reparations than that. Reparations, sort of reclaiming that 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 heritage, and, and so this was a, a physical reclamation. Like you know, we were going on to New Orleans. We were on to, you know, finishing um, what our ancestors started. You know, it was freedom or death. And and someone already mentioned that you know the march continues. And yeah, I just really really like that idea. And then as we walked. Uh, on day two through the French Quarter, I hadn't even known that um, I think one of the places we passed was was a house where they tortured, this woman tortured pe African people. Um, do you think you all know that history when we passed that building? I mean, she was so bad, yeah. they ran her out of the country because she was yeah, going to go to prison. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just know I got really angry uh, as I was walking through I mean, I, you know, I nodded at the African people, but the other folks like, don't get too close. I got my cane knife. I might chop your head off, you know. And and I, and I so that must have been like the energy I was feeling, you know. Mm. Um, 
because I had known that history, even though I, you know, I've been to New Orleans for the Ma'afa commemoration in July, and and I'm from New Orleans, but it just it just felt it just felt so real, you know, what mm-hmm. we were doing. It's like the ancestors were like coming through us, and, and on Saturday, um, we called all their names, at least all the ones mm-hmm. I can pronounce. Um, together as a whole group, so we had, so we actually, they were walking with us, helping us, you know, be able to make this this second trek. And then when we got to Congo Square, that was just so beautiful, you know, all of us having these different circles, just just feeling so elated, like wow, we are here, we're in New Orleans, oh my gosh, we're here. It was just yeah. so beautiful, just saying Ashe. And Liberté, and it was just good. It was just wonderful. I had mm-hmm. a really profound connection that I didn't put together until actually just yesterday um, about ancestral names, and and it was really beautiful the way that you started off, Wanda, on day two, sharing those names with us and and coming together and mm-hmm. in, in sort of a a prayer and memorial that the day before there was a woman there, a Choctaw woman, Sierra. Um, mm-hmm. Who had started off with the with the prayer, and I had just found out doing some ancestral digging like uh, last year that I had some Choctaw in me, and I found out because um, there was a relative of mine whose name was uh, whose name was Mac Fraser, and Mac Fraser, I would see his uh, these census records where under race they were writing black and red, and mm. then I found the paper where this man was filing for citizenship to live with the Choctaw Nation after emancipation. So mm. he was, you know, a half black, half Choctaw man who decided to go and live with the Ch- with the Choctaw, you know, Federation. And I could see it all there in this paperwork. And in there they also asked him to say to list his um his owner's name, his previous owner's name. And so I started to look up this man and found, you know, um, some articles that have been written about him uh, as like an Oklahoma, you know, early settler uh, that were really fascinating. And Mac Fraser had a grandson named Cesar Fraser or Caesar Fraser, and that was the name I was given on the cards when we got to no way. Square. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it was this an amazing oh. full circle thing where I had never wow. even I've never even had the 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 opportunity to meet another Choctaw person before I met Sierra there on the first day, and then to have the name that I was given there um, when we got there to each get up on the stage and celebrate one of these people who had died in this you know in this in March um, and in this oh, this well, war they were killed you know? right. Yeah. Were they killed? And uh-huh. yeah. they were killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't... That's divine. I that's divine, Kelsey. Get, yeah. Say it again? Yes, I said, wow. that is divine. That is divine, you know? It's incredible. That would happen. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, I could feel... I could feel the ancestors among us. And there was something Victoria was saying about that releasing that rage. And when we were going through those streets... In, in the French Quarter and saying, you know, if you see him, you get him, and we're going to kill the master and free the slaves, and we're going to loot the big house. Like, you know, talk about that outrageous, you know, kind of statements full of, you, you know, full of anger, but also, like, 
full of so much joy and like full of piss and vinegar and we're on the streets, you know, screaming and and joyfully expressing this um, with weapons in our hands. Like when else could you be this <laughs> mad and this joyful at this time and um, and not get the cops called on you? <laughs> mhm 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 yeah i think y'all should you i want to lift up the lyrics so that it was like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the land we're gonna take the land we're gonna what's the, what was the other piece we're gonna um we go. 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 Um, we're gonna um, take the money. We're gonna take the money. We're gonna take, take the, the money. Yeah. yeah. If you see him, yeah. get him. Get him. Yeah. I saw. I saw a piece on um PBS. Uh, you know, because mm-hmm. they're still continuing to cover all this. Oh, what you sent me, uh, Kelsey, and you that's featured in there a little bit. So, yeah, <laughs> so that's great. Uh, so big up to uh, that moment happening in there. But I mean that that was that was just amazing too. Like I, I mean. There was just like so much culture that was created within this, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think it was like, I think when we also got into that space as like really feeling ourselves and really in our like dignity and humanity and like in that spirit of like maroonage and rebellion, we were like, okay, cool. I get the chance, you know, these like, you know, three chants, you know, on to New Orleans, freedom of death, going to end slavery. But we need to like kind of life it up a little bit too. Yeah, and so I right. just thought there was something really powerful, like you say, of, of one day I had this weapon, the next day I had an instrument, people using their voice, people using, like, both their machetes and, like, rocks to also make sound. Like, there was something just so, like, electric about, um, like, what came together, you know, in all these kind of multi kind of varied ways, but, but also just to shout out the Slave Rebellion Mass Choir that came together. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about us. But, uh, you know, and there was the, something the really awesome that, that it's like a baby reunion of the Mass Choir, too. Uh, Victoria's on hey. here, Kelsey's on here, Carrie's on here, so why not, you know? But, yeah. And, and, and Miss Wanda, you know, it was just amazing, too, I think, to, like, really, like, lift our voices up. And, um, yeah, like, remix some things, make songs, make harmony. I really feel like people... Um, that was to me a part of the journey where I felt like the healing really happened for me. Um, cause there was a, just a contrast between, I think day one, feeling a little, feeling like a really intense, um, white people gaze and also like mm-hmm. just this intense gaze with all this media stuff that I certainly wasn't expecting. And I think a lot of us mm-hmm. were like, Whoa, this is like for real, for real. Um, <clears throat> and then just the way that day one moved versus the way, Day two moved. I feel like day two, there was a bit more of of a of a kind of just like um, yeah reclamation that happened with us, um, and we kind of made it what we wanted. We self organized in, in all these other ways, um, and then just like and just started to make something else. You know, this like kind of uncontained, um, you know, unscripted like magic. Um, and I just, yeah. it just, again, it just says so much to me about, like, the power of of black black people and black magic right. in any and all circumstances. It's like, put us in any circumstance, we will, right. we will create magic, we will create mm-hmm. amazing culture and joy, 
you know. Um, the community. And so it was just so, and, and so for me, like, when we were singing those songs and we, when we found our voices together, it was instruments together, that in that day, too, was where, like, I just felt so much of, like, ancestrally, like, my people were so, 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 like, thrilled and there was healing that was able to happen um, in some of that, like, when we were kind of just in that together uh, in a completely different way, you know, with or without cameras present, I think we were just, like, in that spirit of connection together, and I feel like ancestrally there was this ascendance that happened, um, you know, and so I was really grateful for because that was really why I wanted to do it. I was like, I want to do this because I really want, you know, my ancestors to be able to find some healing because there's so much heaviness. Um, like, I'm a person that is, uh, like, you know, clairvoyant, medium, very, like, spiritually sensitive, and I can just feel so much from my lineage of just, like, sadness and being stifled, and, you know, and I wanted that. I wanted to kind of do that even in and of itself, like, almost as a ritual, you know, in a way to honor them and to create some healing. And in that moment, that's, I think, in those moments of us doing that, that's when a lot of the healing happened. If I could interject, because you said some things that I thought was very interesting when you were sharing. Uh, I don't know all of your voices uh, because I wasn't able to participate on the second day. But as I listen in, and uh, I apologize to the young lady that I interrupted earlier. It's just something you said really struck with my, with my spirit, and I just wanted you to, say, to tell you I felt exactly the same way. But I've, I'm actually um, writing a book about my uh, my own life right now, and um, I'm talking about. So I've been doing the research. I'm from a place called Brunswick, North Carolina. So I've been doing the research. Growing up, um, I have a very interesting heritage. Uh, my last name, Kodu, is Nigerian, and that's because I married someone with that last name. And when things didn't work as the way I had expected, I can I continue with my name because it is my name. That's uh, so, and my children have the same name, and I didn't wasn't going to have a different name. So, but my mother's side of the family is very interesting. Then in that there's a lineage that we can um, follow on my mother's mother's side. And recently, I found out that in that area, they did not have where my grandmother was born. I kept asking, well, where was the plantation that they, they that must have been here? They had to have a plantation. And as I as I've done research, I've I've discovered that. Not all of us um, have this. Not all of us were on um, have slavery in the background. My grandmother's family, and she described as mulattoes, different senses were. But they were they were considered. There was 276 free um, black people in that area. And I keep trying to think, well, where did they come from? Because it's a swampy area. It's like, how did they get there? And there's a, a group of Native Americans that finally have been recognized by the government in the sense that they weren't recognized earlier. They were called Lumbee Indians. And there's others who are called Arcadian Indians. Someone all this interesting and this is because when I was started um when I was walking through the thick of the spillway I was thinking, well I don't really know all all about my own my own um history. So in the last uh month or so I've been working on that since I met Dred Scott trying to figure out well What's my connection? Because I'm on the East Coast, and I know that we had, you know, I know about the Hanson Roads area, but I didn't grow up, I wasn't, I was, my family didn't originate from there. So trying to find our own narratives has been really, really uplifting. That walk changed me. 
I can't explain it to you guys, but the next day, I just stayed in bed. I, I, I stayed in bed. I got up. I was just like, I was in a, I can't, I was not a fog because it was enlightenment. Um, the young person who spoke about being, having a sensitivity, it opened up a new channel of sensitivity to me that I have been able to draw on ever since. Like when people do crazy stuff, and then as an, an academic, we have people who can think of some great things to do, some wonderful things to do. And sometimes I just sit back and think, wait a second, I just walk in the shoes or the footprints of people who wanted and relished freedom and created a narrative that now we get to carry forth. I can do, I can do all things. So for me it's been it's been a different type of uh and i'm in my i'm in my mid fifties so maybe it's, some people could say it's a midlife crisis who knows but um i found <laughs> i found this experience very rewarding and i'm still reaping the benefits of that day that's beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that this is oh, something yeah. interesting that you were saying about um you know there people being there who might not necessarily have ancestral ties to to um, enslaved people, and it, it reminds me of this one woman. I wasn't sure if I was, you know, if there was the space to to bring her up, but there was a woman who joined us who was Nigerian, lived in Brooklyn, but was with us, and it almost seemed like from day one she was really there to, like, just troll, and, um, you know, I think you guys remember her. Um, yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I remember her. Garden and Carrie, I know you guys remember her. Um, Mm -hmm. she was saying these kind of just outlandish things from the jump and saying things Mm. um, that were just very, you know, instigating. Yeah, performance artist from New York. Mm -hmm. And and it was interesting to me that this Nigerian woman would be drawn to this project, that she would feel like she really, this is something that I think for most of us who were there felt like we needed to be there. Um, And what would make her feel like she needed to be there uh, and as the days went by, it kind of seemed like maybe she was really just there to to be, you know, like to instigate and to troll. And she would say things like, you know, um, you know, what are you a house slave? And um, and she kind of she helped has some themes to have some kind of mental health issues. And um, at one point, basically, when we got to We'd had a couple of interactions that were we were bumping heads, but it was nothing too big. And then when we finally got to um, to the jazz and uh, what is the, the place? It was the mint. It was actually the building that yeah, we're you're on. Talking about the grounds yeah, grounds were on. Yeah, it was really these kind of sacred grounds. It was one of the largest. Um, slave markets in the South and in Louisiana mm-hmm. that then became the National Mint and then became this jazz and um, and and like New Orleans Heritage Museum and mm-hmm. um, so we're there and sort of having this this great celebration all being together and I'll finally you know we've walked all this way and we've gone through all that we have together and um, and we're chanting and singing and and playing and dancing. And then she starts like pulling up her skirt and shaking her ass. And it felt so inappropriate at that time. And so I said, could you, could you show some respect? Could you, you know, this is not the place. And, um, and that's when she started calling me a house slave, calling me light skinned bitch, um, and really coming for me. 
um, and attacking me verbally and physically. She, you know, like dug a shoulder into me and, um, and all these things were coming up for me, you know, as a light-skinned person, as a multiracial person, thinking about, you know, sort of my, um, the levels of, you know, the, there's the man who led this, who, Charles Delon, who led, did I say that right? Charles Delon, Delon, anyone French mm-hmm. speakers? Yeah, that's right. Um, but, okay. Uh, who, who really, you know, was one of the main organizers of the rebellion was also a multiracial man or a mulatto and, um, and just thinking about sort of the different levels of, of access and um, of privilege that come with that. And, um, and yeah, it was just for her to can I Can I just say one thing before you go on? Because Please. I yeah, want sure. to, I wanna, I wanna, as a Nigerian, and as a Nigerian heritage, I want to apologize to you. I heard her on the bus, and I kept praying that she would stop. I thought she was just trying to instigate, and then I realized maybe there was something like you, as you have also alluded to, maybe there were some mental health issues. I'm glad I wasn't there the second day because I would have said something to her, and probably that wouldn't have been good. But I do want to <laughs> let you understand that I think that she was searching for something. You all on the bus, Correct. I don't know who was on the bus with me, you guys handled her so well. There was one lady who was really engaging with her and answering her questions in such a a loving but honest way. And I noticed that she, she it seemed she was an attention seeker because she kept, mm-hmm. like, the first day she kept on just asking the most ridiculous questions that yeah. you could go look up if you wanted to, if you really wanted to know the answer. But I thought it was more a line to take us off our game, and I don't know why she yeah. did it, but I prayed for her the whole time. I prayed to her I the whole time. So I had a really interesting exchange with her um, because I, I, you know, I, she told me she's a performance artist, and so I just asked her straight up, so, well, tell me about your, your artwork. And actually these discussions are part of her, her artwork. She, she told me, like, her artwork is the fuck with people. And so I is the <laughs> stalk people and to, like, you know, just, and that, that's what, what she was doing and of course I I, I, I asked her like oh, that's an interesting you know kind of art um, and I was wondering about you know the issue of ownership right because this is this is what Scott's saying and she was just like oh that's an interesting concept and and I think she had already had um, you know uh, intended on creating a space where she could do a performance and hadn't really, um, but, but, and so, and so there's a lot of different kinds of artwork out there. And, and so that might help you put, put her, her mm-hmm. artwork in the context. It's, it's designed to, to make you distrust people in the show, show what you're like when you get encounter somebody who doesn't meet your expectations. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think, um, I mean, that's, and that, that's just, that's just, you know, the kind of conversation I had with her. I didn't just, like, happen to be around her. I just, you know. But, um, it might have been you I heard over-talking with her because you did a very good job speaking with her. I guess my problem was, like you said earlier, it was Dred Scott's um, day. And, and had we known, had I known that her her art, um, and maybe it's the art element of surprise, it just seemed out of place to be, 
what, what yeah. we were doing, but, you know, well, I just didn't engage I think, her. I think it's really important to acknowledge that it wasn't Dred Scott's day. It was all of our day, and we all came with a particular intention and a particular experience that we wanted to have. And nothing about Dred Scott would have stopped us from having that. And I think that's really what we were talking about when we said, you know, the, the, the unscripted, like, unruliness that is Black magic. And I think it's really interesting that we love to sort of claim, I'm saying we in a general, like, as Black folks, when we talk about our our power, we love to claim a sort of un governability and a certain wildness, yeah. but then yeah. there's there but then we're also really, really caught up in respectability politics and what it means to act right and what it means to not like shake your ass mm. in public. And I think that um she was there for us. I think she was an important part of that experience. I think she brought a lot of our real life culture out into the open. And I'm like really grateful that she was there because I think she represented a lot of um, people who weren't able to be there and a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have even been welcomed in what we want to say is a very open space, right? So I guess I'm just like, I'm, it's frustrating to me that, um, that we struggled so much with her energy because it's such a familiar one and it's such an important one. Um, to sure. really be able to be not acting right, like acting up. That's that's part of what we do, right? And you don't want to really, yeah. like, say this is the right way to do that and this is the wrong way to do that. But the most beautiful moment, I think, was the fact that when that interaction did happen, um, where we were in the circle and it was going to get violent and she did say, what are you, a house nigger, which is, like, very, very real, and let's not forget that I'm sure those politics were in that moment, in that original rebellion, but when that happened, we closed the circle so that it wasn't a public exhibit for everybody who was watching us, and we we dealt with it amongst ourselves, and I think that was really, for me, such a lesson, like such a beautiful moment to just sort of see these older women step up and step in and navigate that tension that we, like, have to navigate and if it doesn't come up it doesn't get addressed true true i i yeah, would hey. like to i would like to just um add i i certainly think that you know what you're right like i think a lot of times even politically we talk about getting all our people free but then we're like but you know we haven't figured out but how like to actually like include <laughs> space for like people who are struggling with addiction we haven't you know we're like we're always talking about getting our people free but it's also like you know, we talk in a way that's very kind of maybe of people who have a certain kind of educational background. You know, I, I and I so I, I hear what you say, what you're saying about like what does it mean to for when we say like you know um, have all our people in a room. And I just would push back against a level of accountability when um, I would say kind of like a it's not even about disruption, but like I don't I don't think there's ways. Uh, I think I think people's humanity and dignity should always be respected, um, and I do think that. Um, and I and I also don't want to. I actually don't want to spend too much more time talking about this person, but I will say just uh, <laughs> uh, that um, I definitely think there was a way that we needed to step in and say, like, look, you know, nobody's going to get left out of this. What do you need? 
to like right. be able to be supported, to like be, you know, like be yeah, in Yeah, but I think there's also way. something interesting that you were saying, Jordan, about like looking yeah. at this as, as an, oh, sorry, it's hitting her, but like in an organizer sense, and how do we make sure people are safe? Because it also came yeah. to the point where it was like, am I safe? Is she, you know, like, is she going to yeah, come for me yeah. and physically yeah. attack me? And yeah. how do we, you know, kind of create these, um, these communities that are not only that are not only radical and people feel like they can be free exactly. and, and stepping into action, but also yeah. that are safe and what kind That's of what I, yeah. you know, like screenings or what what is it that we're doing to make sure that we're that we're creating yeah. those kind of spaces. Yeah, that's what I wanted to push back against is I feel like when when harm starts to be done in a way, you know, um, then I feel like that it is a different conversation than just like, um, yeah, like, you know, it doesn't have to be a, 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 a one type of Negro or whatever like that that's, that comes to the party, but that, that you know, okay, ye, you know, come, come all ye people who are here for liberation, come all ye people who are here, yeah. you know, for, for freedom, come all ye people. It doesn't have to be that. But we do have to kick into another mode when um, people are meant to people are people are acting in ways that make them feel unsafe and harm intentional kind of harm is done. Mm-hmm. And I think like I'm down for that person being there. I'm down for also how do we respond to 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 those moments? I'm down for that. I'm down for how we actually did come together to like love up on each other and create a container mm-hmm. that was necessary. But yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I also kind of feel like we we also because you know. We can't just all, you know, we can't, we just can't also disrespect each other. And I don't mean that in a respectability way. I mean that in just like, you know, your personhood, your body, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's important to remember, like, <laughs> oh, it's also. I have to leave so lovely talking to you all. The one thing I wanted to throw in about all that, I, I just, I didn't appreciate her energy. But then when I was leaving, I was like, oh, that's probably more like a real revolution would be. <laughs> Like, right. there's people that yeah. you don't want to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And you have, um, yes, have for agitators. Have, yeah. yeah. I wanted to mention, I wanted to ask, who, um, who's the person that has to leave? Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Be well, Carrie. Take good care. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, um, uh, and then I have a question for Nicole, uh, Eugene. Uh, I wanted to mention that um, during the um, the Haitian Revolution, which um, um, New Orleans is is a port city and is a part of the Caribbean, that um, when uh, Dessalines uh, was really, you know, uh, Bukman and Mom Fatiman met, you know, on the mountain and declared that, you know, we are going to take, you know, our freedom, um, Toussaint Overture didn't wasn't really in agreement. He he you know, he wanted to save his his masters and Dessalines told him like, No, they gotta go and and so, you know, he had to make a choice. Um and and so I'm just thinking around 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 our liberation and around, you know, who we are as as an army, you know, that um yeah, the people's different responses um to mm-hmm. To the idea of freedom, to the call. you know, some people mm-hmm. people decided to like close the door and and hide out. Some people went and told <laughs> you know the, the you know slave master that they could all evacuate and then show up on the rear and sort of um, 
come at come at the army from a, another direction and then you know take all their arms so there was there wasn't enough ammunition so people had these um uh, uh, farming imp- implements, not because they were cute on the set, but because there were no guns. They were like looking for this arsenal, you know, all these guns that they knew were stockpiled that weren't there when they got to these different plantations. So, so you know, having this um, provocateur, let's say, and maybe she mm-hmm. was one of others, um, kind of like, you know, it was almost like a leg butt kind of thing, right? It's sort of like, what are you going to do with this energy? <laughs> you know, what are going to be your choices? Mm, interesting. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I think we met that test because, you know, she is still walking. <laughs> and, uh, and and we got to New Orleans and, you know, it was still freedom or death. And, um, and, and yeah, and, you know, whatever the lesson was that she needed to get, you know, I'm sure she got it, um, or she's getting it. So it all kind of worked out, um, I think. Um, but thank you so well, much, Wanda? you know, for raising that. Yeah, I, I didn't want, I realized, like, that was kind of the reactions. Like, y'all react like that was kind of the point of her, her, her doing what she does because, because it creates, I mean, I, I studied, um, Sociology okay, so and communication, and so there's just certain patterns that we that we have, and 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 I didn't want it to like go on unconsciously. Right. If right. I can say something, the young lady who's speaking, I can't, I don't know everyone's name. Can you tell me your name? The, the, the person who was just talking. Yeah, this is Nicole Eugene. Nicole. Okay. Thank you for putting that in context, because out of context. Um, when she was talking on the bus behind me, I, first of all, I didn't know she was a performance artist. Okay, I thought she was just, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who joined the, the march, didn't know that this was her thing. But I realized her language offended me, and it could be age-related because she did a whole lot of cursing. That's what I that's what I remember her about her sitting behind me. She was, every other word was to me was like a swear word. And so I know that this is generational because, like, I grew up never saying – and still don't say the N-word because to me that's a curse word and it's not a word. But I hear my students saying it all the time to each other. When I was in Norfolk, they, they, you know, they would say, what's up, and say the word. And I, and it, my skin would always crawl. So I think part of my problem with her, now that I know that you told me and I appreciate your um, giving me perspective, but I still have problems with the fact that we – had I known this is what she was going to do, then I would have accepted her premise of what she was doing. But she was asking some very rudimentary questions and almost making to me making the distinction that she was not African American. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they think she and, and I was like, right? but nobody's somebody... gonna know that you're Nigerian if they, by looking at you. They go, they see a black person. But I never answered her. I just listened to what she was asking. I don't know I think at this point, and we can move on. Yeah, yeah, well, I think the perspective of I have a lot of African friends, a lot of friends from different countries, and and there is um, when it comes to slavery and when it comes to oppression of Black people, their experiences are really different. They come from a a country where where they were able to dream about being president. They were able to. They didn't have deal with racism the way that when you when you grow up in this country you you have to you have to deal with it and you learn about it you know about it and so their their vantage point is often very very different from when it comes to issues of, of oppression and 
and uh, liberation because because they you know their families and their experience of the world is is based on on this, this freedom that that African Americans don't don't have and um, may may never have right we got we're still working on on getting it um, but but yeah that that might also inform like the why she she saw like this opportunity as. Um, as as something as a, as a stage for her, as, and and less less about the the ongoing need for for liberation of African Americans because because a lot of my African friends like when it comes to talking about mass incarceration when it comes to talking about racism and stuff there they have no no frame of reference I mean they might have had have had bad things happen but but as immigrants like they're not expecting. I welcome that, right? And so, and so their their experience is really is is more about ethnocentrism and and less about about they're less aware of those politics. It takes several years for and and also want, really wanting to to know about that that story for them to to be able to join this conversation in a really meaningful way. Um, but some of them do, and and I and it is important to to not like paint them all with one. With, with that brush, with that brush that she had, right? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and it's, it's, um, so, so it's, it's, an, it's really interesting to hear to hear all of y'all's reactions and how y'all processed it because it definitely, I mean, that's part of what what her objective was, but it's also good to to, to diffuse it right in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to throw throw in the term uh, colonialism because um, <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> uh, because you know colonialism is is also enslavement and um, right. you know when when your uh, you know when your resources and your and also your mind more so than your resources are enslaved like I'm a French person like no you're not you know you you know you're um, <laughs> you know you're mm-hmm. uh, whatever your um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know your ethnic identity is, but you don't speak your language anymore. You speak only yeah, French, like you know, or you only speak English. You don't speak Ga or Twi, right? Or you know, um, or in Southern Africa, you know, folks come up as Europeans, don't know any of that 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 struggle for independence and people being in prison for 27 years, right? So. Yeah, so it's you know there's stuff everywhere for struggle. African people. Mm-hmm, totally, yeah, yeah so, and yeah, and there and there are connections, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, Nicole, um, uh, because I was just looking at um, some of your your research, and um, and and your research focuses on the particular ways hidden disabilities, especially especially neurological disabilities, are shaped by cultural dynamics. And and you you know you use cultural studies, uh, qualitative ethnographic, and autoethnographic methods to examine the experience of navigating a visual culture with a hidden disability. And I was just thinking about our ancestors, right? Um, you know, it's like no nobody there was no ADA. So, and I was just thinking, you know, about how, uh, you know how, you know people were able to like do so much, um, and sometimes you know with you know you know, physical or um, cognitive, you know, sort of uh, sort of remixing, you know, because, you know, e- either you either you produced or you got punished, punished, 
You know, it was like there was no understanding a lot of times. People would be worked to death on these cane plantations, these cane fields, because, you know, the sugar plantations were a different kind of um, enslavement. I mean, people were literally worked to death, and then a new shipment of Africans would come in and replace the ones that died. Forty was old. And and also all of that work and labor that, that literally killed people is what created the wealth that made America mm-hmm. stand out from the rest of the world. And that, that's mm-hmm. how we got to the, the 20th century, you know, way ahead of, of Europe and, and other developed nations. And it's all all by stealing people's health and ability and uh, work um, and without without any kind of consequence. And um, it, it is, it's all connected. Um, but, and so, and so, yeah, I appreciate that, that, that question. I mean, and, and also situating in that because this is also part of what, what we continue to have to deal with in a society where it's, it's content to exploit people and devalue people and, and not, not care, not provide care for, for our, our, our ailments and, um, and it's, it's it's you know we're still we're still trying to fight our freedom right in many ways and that's why this is so so powerful because it helps us imagine and that this desire in a way that that is is part of this longer story and um, because because it's really easy to get distracted today oh my gosh there's so many distractions but there's this larger narrative that that we need to move move uh, forward and it's it is all about moving closer to 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 being able to to use our lives and our and our health and our wellness and benefits the, the benefits of our labor you know, based on on our how how we choose to to use it not because we we um uh, are you know required to to to, do, to to spend our money in certain ways, but um so yeah that that is it's all connected. Mm. Mm. Um, I wanted to just jump in as Jordan and say, yeah, I think like there's something. I mean, you know, dread. Um, I had a chance to go to a few talks after I know a few of us spoke about like um like oh my gosh I can't believe this is over and fortunately <laughs> for some of the folks who lived in New Orleans there were about like three talkbacks um that happened. Mm-hmm. One happened at Tulane, UNO and then there was a um just like private talk back with all the participants, reenactors and so forth, you know? Um and mm-hmm. so obviously it just brought a lot of needed space for reflection. Um, but, you know, there's something about, like, you know, uh, Dred, you know, Dred kind of had his talking points about the project, and he, you continue to hear him say that this, um, that this uh, project was about freedom and emancipation and what it meant to embody that. And in, in, in thinking of, like, that key word embodiment, you know, there was just mm-hmm. a way of when your bodies are, like, live on this, like, pilgrimage that we were on, you know, and, and what, what I think Victoria spoke about, many people spoke about, you know, just everything that comes up, everything that comes up when when your body is, like, feeling all these things. And I mm-hmm. certainly 
you know, um, I just thought a lot of like, uh, I said this in one of the talkbacks that day one, you know, because we like had such a rigorous like hike, if you want to call it, you know, and I went, I decided to go back home, you know, because I, I really wanted to sleep in my own bed. I really knew that in order to keep doing this, like I needed to have just a little bit of comfort, like even if it was momentary, you know. But there I was, I think after Kelsey and I, we had a, like, pretty, pretty long, beautiful debrief heading back mm-hmm. to my house, heading back to my house. And, child, I couldn't even move my leg out the car. Like, I mean, it was, like, it was so intense, right? Let alone mm-hmm. I live on the second floor, you know, of a building. So then it was, like, stairs, too, you know. And I, I finally, like, got in my house sat down and I really felt like it was important to just like be still really because I couldn't do much more but be still <laughs> but be, <laughs> be still and and reflect you know and there was just something that fell on me where I was thinking about how my body felt and it was like this is just like a voluntary hike pilgrimage I cannot imagine the bodies of our ancestors you know, being pushed on ships, you know, crammed into spaces, you know, living on just, you know, just such in poor, poor, poor conditions, you know, and then day and day out, the waking up and the same thing. And and that feeling and that kind of, I don't know, yeah, that, that feeling going through me, just, I just, I wept, you know, I cried because I was like, because I was thinking of like, okay, here goes, like, I have this, like, hip hip joint pain going on, but, hey, I'm getting out there tomorrow. And obviously this was also in the embodiment of, like, freedom, liberation, right? So it's a different kind of calling. But just thinking about, like, the bodies of so many people not being their own and the bodies of, of our people being tortured like this. And mm-hmm. I, it really made me, it really kind of fell on me just like a, a different level of how atrocious this whole system of slavery was, you know, because folks invented ways to make people suffer, right? You know, like yeah. you'd be put put underground in a cage, underground, you know, in the dark, naked, you know, all kinds of wild stuff. The stuff somebody brought up, uh, Dolphine Lalaurie, all the ways that she tortured mm-hmm. people, you know, and and then and then when we raise the question of reparations, it's like, well, wait, hold on a second now, <laughs> like as if. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, um, and so, uh, yeah, there's just something about, I think it was really powerful to actually embody something to this degree because we we had a lot of comfort and support to a degree that it was like a, you know, production and a team. Mm-hmm. And a budget. Mm-hmm. But then there were just also things that you, you weren't sheltered from, you know, <laughs> you weren't kept from like the soreness and the realness of how your body felt, the elements, you know, that bitter cold, but, that yeah. some mm-hmm. of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, we sat outside, yeah. you know, nobody, like, brought out couches for us to sit and eat lunch, you know. Yeah. So it was like um, there was just a realness of, of that, and, and it made me think about the just case for reparations um, when I just think mm-hmm. about the toll that our bodies went through, like, our you know, our ancestors' bodies. Um, and what was just kind of used to build this this country, um, build so many countries and islands and places across the world, um, kind of build this empire. Um, and then I just want to say, I don't want to take up too much more space, but 
I, I would like for us to also take a, a bigger moment to also honor that this was, like, largely about black people, and mm-hmm. um, there was this beautiful space of um, indigenous pre- – a, a beautiful space of indigenous presence. And I think it was really um, important that that happened alongside. And I think I think we do have a lot of, I would say, I would say somewhere like our histories have kind of been passed down in a way where we don't actually get all the truth of like the strength of the relationships of African mm-hmm. people and indigenous people. And mm-hmm. um, it was really cool to um, try to live in that, you know, even though it was in this imperfect way. Everything about this was, like, imperfect, right? But, like, to live <laughs> in that, I know for me it was really powerful, some of the people. I forget, I think his name's Pierre, who wore the, like, super fierce red, um, and Sierra. And I think it was just something really, mm-hmm. I hope it, I hope it felt, I hope that for them the impact was deeper. Um, and and um, but it felt like super super beautiful and critical that their presence was there and that they led um, the pieces that they led and that it continued to create space for engagement and conversation because I do think that these narratives sometimes there's like there's the enslaved people narrative and then there's the like indigenous people's narrative that's way over there and those things actually weren't that far removed from each right. other. You know, and yeah. so um, and Jordan, I just thought sorry. being in that practice was was good in a way. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Definitely. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, and what else was bringing up for me is that intersectionality is that this. You know, we had this because we're in costume and we have this production element and this you know performative element. We have the ability to sort of uh, be using our imaginations and be taken out of the reality of the like how how physically taxing or how, you know, emotionally taxing these times are and to sort of be like sitting them in the past when it's also still so present, right? There are still so many people who are being forced into migration in all these different ways around the world and who are coming to our borders. And here we are, the very country who that that established itself on the backs of slave labor. And here there are people who are coming to us who have been walking for years from wherever in the world they might be coming from and we're throwing them in, in prison. And mm-hmm. there's also that, you know, intersectionality there with the with with um with refugee populations around the world uh who are seeking liberation in their own ways and um and going through these off you know, being shoved in on boats and starved and and killed um because they're seeking you know, a safe place to raise their families. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I'm um, sorry for interrupting you. I wanted to ask um, Jordan, if you can maybe share some of the impressions um, or some of the feedback from the closed session, like what were people saying? Um, just oh. Maybe some things that stick with you. And, and then also I wanted to ask, um, Whoever said that they had some of the soundtracks, send it to me. 30 minutes is not too long. I could play it at the end of our conversation so our audience can kind of get a feel for it. Hmm? Oh, Uh, cool. I believe that I sent it. I'm not sure if it went through. Um, No, it didn't because I'm looking. (laughs) I I have some recordings I can try. So you, you want us to try to send it before the call is up? 
Yeah, before the show's over, because okay. it can even go into, um, I can play it, you know, after we finish, because I have, even though the show technically is over at 10, um, okay. mm-hmm. I get I get an hour more. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, wow. Look at you, Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wanda, <laughs> it says it went to um, WandaSevere at gmail.com, is that right? Oh, it did? Okay. All right. I'll 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 do a search for it. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll let what Victoria is. Sent, sent you no, you can you can send yours too if it's if it's easy okay. and I'll you know I'll get more than okay. I need. Okay, okay. super. Thank yeah, you. try that. Yeah, so okay. some of the reflections. Um, again, like you know, I felt like super fortunate because I know <laughs> we uh, uh, many of us were like after after Congo Square. I mean, we were so just exhausted, but like um, really, really, really still kind of. Um, you know, we 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 made it to this place of victory, and so it was like also wanting more connection. But um, I want to say on the Wednesday or Thursday was when we had a closed session, uh, and it was a go around. There were probably about it was a good amount of folks that turned out for it. Maybe about a good forty people or so um, that came, and you know, um, I think some of the highlights for me was there was um. There was a a guy who I, uh, you know, we saw him um, um, all in the mix. I cannot remember his name, Um, but he was actually recently released from being in prison for 10 years. Like, he recently got out Um, a year before this project. um, You know, he got out of prison, spent 10 years. And so he was, he just had some really, like, incredible reflections one one a lot to do with i think kind of what you even speaking of victoria is this like who gets to come to the party you know sort of thing who gets the invite you know because he had this feeling of like you know i've just kind of been seen as what seems like to me like less of a person for so long and even in the society after i've gotten out and you know re-entry has been you know, weird uh, and 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 isolating, and then here it is that I get to be in this incredible pro- project, you know, of something that means so much. Um, so he was just like super proud, you know, and and on a whole other feeling of just being able to be involved in it. And then even talked about like, um, you know, where where the where everything culminated in Congo Square. He's like, you know, I live a few blocks from there and talking about all this. And, you know, like my homies, people around the way, they don't even know anything about this history, you know. So he was also just talking about, you know, some of the disconnections just from people so close to the history, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but just who don't know about it. Um, And then there was another person um, who was 76 years old who marched, you know, and he talks about, you know, again, we were talking about, like, just the state of how our bodies felt and so forth. And this 76-year-old man um, participated in this. You know, I don't Yeah, that's, yeah, that's my friend, Brother Aleem, uh, Ralph. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh-huh. I, thought, I couldn't imagine what it could feel like. I mean, I'm I'm 33, so it, it, what, what a body, what my body could have been feeling like at 76 doing this. But, you know, he talked about his, just the spirit of it, of, like, I conditioned for this, you know, I kind of worked out, got myself ready, and that was just so, so touching, you know. Um, and then um, I, I think in some of the reflections, myself and several people, Nick, um, um, uh, Tresha, um, Aaron, we lifted up uh, what, how powerful it was to um, actually reimagine this story with 
queer and trans and gender nonconforming mm-hmm. black bodies um, mm-hmm. visible and present in this. And um, it was like, oh, wait a second, yeah, like we was all up in this, you know, and we <laughs> we brought we brought a lot of um, brought a lot of magic and brought a lot of intentionality and brought a lot of you know care. So I think that was a reflection. And then another reflection was also. Um, just of uh, again talking about kind of the way um it's like a, a parallel to organizing is you you very much saw that like the black women the black queer women trans and gender nonconforming people were were kind of at the center of also just like bringing some of the self organizing like shifts for the better <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right. Um, that ingenuity was like really anchored, you know, by by us, and it just made me think, like, to imagine, um, yeah, uh, during a time of enslavement or during a time of, you know, you know, just think of a number of different things where um, that, I guess, that wisdom, that um, you know, that uh, sense of kind of ingenuity or or technology even was brought forth by us, you know, to make what this experience was for the better. So those are some of the highlights, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. But there were so many more, um, so many more. Yeah. Okay. So um, know, this, this is Camille. I just wanted to know, listening to, um, have, have any of you going to see the movie Harriet? Yes. I did. <laughs> I did, yes. Because one of the things when he was talking about, I don't know if you recall the scene where they had, when she, they saw the, it was, it was one of the persons when they were processing the man that got the freedom and they took his shirt off and they saw all the, you know, the bruises on his body. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall that. But just that alone, think about a lot of them probably had already been tortured and oh. whooped and and oh, so wow. it could have been the thing that pushed him to the edge and said, I'm sick of this and there's no way I'm going to continue in this. It's either I'm going to live free or die. And that's kind of how my mindset was when we were walking. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to either pass out on this, on this street and somebody's going to have to pick me up, but I'm going to keep moving forward. But just that whole um, politics of the black body and what that means in the space that we were in, um, I don't know if you read um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, between the world, but um, I just got that kind of, that was the thing that kept, like, the, running through my mind to keep me moving forward, that, you know, they are, we've been bruised and we've been scorned and, you know, we've been been mistreated in such ways, and now we're taking this back, we're taking back, we're, we're, we're reclaiming our time. Um, this generation is not going to let the past generation not be recognized. And because ne- never in a book have I read in that history book do they talk about anything about the rebellions, not Nat Turner's rebellion, not any of the rebellions that happened in um, North Carolina. We definitely on the East Coast didn't learn about this rebellion. And, in fact, when I put it on my Facebook page that I was doing it, so many of my friends and colleagues and professionals um, of all uh, shapes, sizes, hues, and colors responded to me like, we never learned this. And so they went out, and they've, now people have been um, influenced to do more of their own research to learn about what we brought to the light. But I just wanted the, the, the black body politics of how we're getting shot in the back when we, we're not resisting. And they'll say, you see video after video, 
of this type of uh, thing where you where you are not um, saying anything and you still get hurt. You know, the police send every time I think about Sandra Bland and the videos I saw when she was simply saying, you know, you pulled me over unfairly, and, and he didn't like that. And she, the re- result was of her black body to be for her to be killed. You know, I, I think about the young man that was playing in the park with the BB gun. And they just rolled up and, and shot him. There was no conversation. And the fact that we're still living in some sort of mental slavery, um, that I worry about my students when they leave. I, I told them I, when I was, I said, I worry about every time you leave the university campus. But I know that's not realistic. I cannot keep you on campus. But I ask you when you go, you know, live the fight to live the, another day because, you know, having a dead body, a, a dead body can't talk and tell. And you're not left left here to tell your narrative. I actually have a friend who just whose daughter had just lost her child in a horrible accident. You may have heard about this. The, I don't know if it's made in national news, but they sent me the clip yesterday, and she was grieving the loss of her four-year-old child, and she was trying to figure out how she was going to make arrangements for this child. And the police rolled up on her, accused her of burglarizing cars. It just got to be yeah. crazy. That's the world we live in. But it gives me hope to know that we we are descendants of those people who survived this rebellion and that we get to tell their story, and it has not died. They try to bury it, bury the story. They wouldn't put it in a book so we would know about it because that would empower us. I really got great power from that walk. And as I told you earlier, I still feel a sense of the ancestors are working and working to, through me and with me so that we can continue to share our narrative. Ashe. Ashe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as soon as, um, I don't know, maybe you should call, call back in or something. I don't know, but I can't, we can't hear you yet. Um, but uh, definitely want you to contribute to the conversation, which um, has been really, really wonderful this morning. And Wanda, I just uh, shared the files with you, but um, it's that technology oh. thing of um, I can't send it unless I'm off the phone. So I think as soon as I hang oh. up, maybe you'll get them all, and then you can thread it in or something like that. I'm, oh, I'm okay. not sure oh, how that'll work. Out, we'll see. Okay, yeah. sure. Well, we can do it in a rebroadcast, no problem. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to I wanted to add to what you were saying because that was really powerful. Because I feel like you know. Some of what was happening was, like, we already had this spirit of, like, rebellion and resistance. I think many of us who came to the table already had that, you know. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. that kind of go, goes without saying. And then I think it was, I think we got a chance to practice that even more. And I felt like I, I spoke to this maybe er, earlier, but you saw it just, like, happening in this much more, like, um, intensified way. So, like, as an example, I feel like, Basically, I feel like the kind of organizing principle of is like of a uh, of like if if our needs aren't being met, we will we will find the means to meet our needs by any means necessary. You know, some of that was happening, and so as an example, uh, you know, at the end of day one, super brutal day, really cold, people were just over it. Okay, and we found a path. We found a path, and it was like end of day, we're gonna head back to the school, and folks were like okay, folks, you know, people in the production team were like, all right, folks, jump on this um, charter bus. We can get mm-hmm. you all there. 
And folks was like, hell no, nah. I can see the school right here. <laughs> I'm just going to make a beeline, get myself to the school, forget all that, you know. Um, and it was so funny because here we were still, again, like dressed full on with, like, weapons in hand for all intents and purposes going through this school, right? And it was actually, we made it. You know, one person followed the other, and the other put the word. And so there was at least, like, maybe 15 of us that were, like, heading in the direction of the school. We made it to the school, and turns out, what? It was the wrong school. (laughs) It was not where we had actually started, right? So there was this experience of this white lady, y'all, who had, like, two kids, and she was in, like, full scared white lady mode, like, protecting her kids. And she was like, um, are you all in the right? place, you know, (laughs) Uh, and it was just like a really interesting reaction because we, of of like being, I don't know, I mean, because I felt like we we were just like time traveling, you know, at the same time we were like in between and in between all these worlds, and so the reality kind of of being brought back into this plane of like, oh yeah, you know, um, that's right, we are like black people, you know. Um, full on and kind of like maroon <laughs> in, in like maroon mode right now and what that looks like, what the object of that looks like um, on this side <laughs> of, of, you know, of the plane. Um, but it was interesting. It was just interesting, like the dance of that moment, like this white lady who was clearly like very uncomfortable, who we didn't, did not care about because we were interested in meeting our needs of just like getting back to the school. Um, and then that spirit of just like rebellion of just like, look, we don't need like cute directions and a cute little charter bus. We can figure it out ourselves, like how to take care of ourselves, each other and meet our needs. I felt like that just like was happening all throughout the whole experience. And again, it just kind of like, I think speaks to this, like, I don't know, I'm a, I, may, I, I might sound like I'm essentializing, but this very like African principle of just like, look, sometimes. You just got to do what you got to do, you know, when there's just a sense of urgency. You do what you do to meet your needs. You don't ask permission. You don't wait, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did anyone spend the night, the first night? I did. I spent the night. I didn't. Oh, tell what us you're about it, because um, I didn't either. Um, I started at the school. Um, Starting what you were speaking about reminded me a little bit of, of um, the debriefing that we were doing you know, after night one and and talking about how a lot of the people on the production team were white people. Oh, and yeah, we yeah. were, you know, receiving a lot of directives from white people and this really interesting power dynamic and, and struggle that I think have started to rise up with amongst us um, where, you know, we were doing this seemingly at times seemingly straightforward thing like right you just keep on walking you keep on moving forward um but receiving maybe misinformation or information from um the mouths of of white people and feeling like there's still something there's an imbalance there and um yeah i don't know that i was just reminded of that when you were saying that you you met up with this woman while you were um returning back to the base uh, that there were those moments that were like constantly pulling you in and out of, um, of like a period of of sense of of um, of rebellion, a sense of like have we 
have we moved forward? Are we still recreating wow. these same um, these same structures of power, even as we're trying to do this super radical act? Absolutely. I mean, that blew me away, y'all. Like, think I I wanted I wanted us to get here at some point, like not maybe take up the whole time, but it was a reality of the experience. Mm-hmm. I think like um. I wrote some reflections before we got on this uh, this uh, show, was that I felt like the reenactors were in this production, but we weren't of the production. We were of something much larger, right? And um, even how we were sort of like prepped to know about this was like, okay, you know, we are reenacting, embodying this moment, this really powerful moment, and reimagining something else. We weren't really told, like, the size and scale of, like, press, and we weren't – well, I, I really didn't have a sense that, like, there was going to be this whole production team of just, like, professionals <laughs> and, like, business as usual people <laughs> that we were going to be right. met with in this experience. And so – And I don't I, think Dredd did either until, you know – I, mean, I don't think of... he did either, yeah. To be to be fair, yeah. I don't think maybe he did either, but I, know, but I, I will say that – you know, if within this there was a reality, t- could have been a reality TV show of like, let's watch what happens <laughs> when black people dressed as enslaved folks like interface with white people. It was a wild experience, and I and it was it blew me away that what what I felt, um, in, especially day one in many spaces was like even in spite of me being in like slave regalia. You can't get your like white supremacy culture behavior together. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. it blew my mind how how much like this one white guy I was like, damn, who is this guy? He sounds like a cop. How are we <laughs> experience this experiencing this in a moment that's uh I feel like super sacred and is about our like freedom, emancipation, liberation and imagining something else. So it was it was I think what I said to you, Kelsey, was like it felt like in in that aspect of it, the head was connected, disconnected, I repeat, disconnected from the body, you know. And so, um, again, I think that's why it was really important the way we kind of decided to sew something different together for ourselves to meet our needs because our needs were certainly not being met from this this space of like kind of honoring the sacred and like, I mean, really, let's be real, like, super vulnerable and super raw. Like we were, I mean, I don't, I, you know, there, I mean, nobody wrote a handbook on how to like um, tap back into like ancestral memory of something this deep. Right. But certainly I feel like being like herded by white people in certain aspects of the day was not a part of it, you know? And so I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like there, there, there could have been, it should have been a little more intentionality and grounding and maybe some training of like, hey, I get that this is like a, a artistic production whole thing thing, and we have deadlines and time timelines and budget and all that stuff to meet. And at the same time, this isn't just like a, a cast of like extras that are doing this. These are people who are really tapping into something different. And so, right. you know, entering this from a spirit from an energy of it being sacred enter from a from a from a place of gentleness and honoring enter from a place of possibility I mean, so you know you're asking was, them to have your perspective but they have a really different perspective and it's hard to it, it, and so it'd be interesting to find out their perspective and like what are what are 
you know, what, how do they create community and meaning out of this? But it's not going to be the same way we're doing it because we have a different of legacy and a different community and a different, like, you know, social identity. And we just have to navigate the space differently. But, but yeah, I but think, I mean, I've I mean, been, I've been, been in organizing out. spaces where mm-hmm. it's like you've been, you, we've done actions side by side with each other. And you don't just like have, irreverent white people be a part of it. You know, there's ways to, like, <laughs> I, I, give you, I give you an example. I actually talked with some friends to debrief this who have this whole, um, like, creative theatrical performance piece that they do in Detroit, and they involve white people in it, and they also bring their the white people through a, a really intentional and, like, rigorous uh, uh, training, you know, on just how to show up. And so there are ways. It doesn't, it's not to say, it's not about stepping in the shoes of black people because you can never do that, ever. But it is about grounding and intentionality. And I think that that could have happened. If we were able to get a crane camera on top of a levee in Laplace, we could have had a training, <laughs> you know, um, to just get people kind of, you know, in formation a little better. I mean, you know, for people who went to mm-hmm. the training, we were trained on, like, what to do to de-escalate, how to move your body, how to shift, how to think, X, Y, Z. It was a missing right. element. It was a missing element. And so, right. you know that, I mean, I, 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 I can you hear what you're saying. Part of what I, welcome, what welcome, I, Dad. What okay. I see, as you talk about this, that I can't help but envision, like, you know, just the Bob Sneed, like, just telling us what to do, right? And that's part of the the contract, and, and, and just that, that, um, that imagery and that as a motif, right, has is creating a lot of um, of a juxtaposition, right, to to what <laughs> what we're experiencing and what we're and it's and it's and it's not it's not a really flattering um, position, right? Um, I think that's that's an interesting um, an interesting way to interpret and, and make sense of of what we like of the way in which that, that pattern, you know, emerged and was a part of our, our shared experience. Yeah. And I, and so I could see how, how like it, maybe there could be other ways in which, in which instead of the, you know, the largest white man, I think I've seen in a while, right. And <laughs> instead of him, like, you know, relying on just his, his voice and to like make stuff happen, like there might've been another, some thought put into the optics of that. Right. And I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I'm just saying that I think there could have I think it was a it was a multi level experience, right? There was a reality of a project in production. There was a reality also of the black people who took the call to be a part of this. And the black people who took the call, we yeah, we got a little we got a cute little two hundred dollar check. Shout out to the check. But like <laughs> people didn't come from <laughs> Oakland. And people didn't come from New York because they were like, you know what, artistic project. I mean, maybe, who knows? I can't speak for everybody, but that's that's my general feeling of the people that I talked to. And so I think because, because we were holding this line of, because we were holding this line of something uh, way just like really just out of this world. Like I said, we time traveled. It was just a lot. I think that, I think when you're asking people, because we showed up. We showed up. Nobody fell out. Nobody passed out. God forbid. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I mean, mm-hmm. somebody could have somebody could have felt the spirit of Shango while they had that machete and went, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And so if I can just I think, add to what you're yeah. saying, because you're making a, a wonderful point, and it happened right at the very beginning on the first day. Do you yeah. remember when we were in the gymnasium, and I was sitting around, and I was waiting for them to pour the libation? Because, you know, that's usually, and, and so we, I think we had a, we had like a prayer, and I think we only had a prayer, right? That was the only thing they did? Yeah, we right. We didn't have anyone come to represent, because the young lady sitting behind me, we, that's why we poured the libation outside. But mm-hmm. I thought well, that would be um, a no-brainer. You know, you got people here who are of a certain spirit, and also, I didn't, you know, we didn't make any reference to anything other than we had one person pray. Um, I just thought it seemed kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hi, David. But I thought uh, that was hi. Interesting. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Great. And, and speak First to your off. point, young man. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah. So first off, thanks for doing this, and and I really hear what people have said on the libations thing we intended to have somebody do libations and it didn't work out i mean that that was something that was sort of a no-brainer and it just uh you know luther gray was going to have one of the um mamas that that actually were at the end doing libations come to the beginning and that for whatever reason that did not work out um as far as the, the relations with white people, I I agree. I hear you. Um, and it, I mean, w- the person who said that this was bigger than I expected, the press corps, the amount of white people, that was not something I recognized until sort of the day in a certain sense. And I take responsibility for that. Um, and yeah, it, it would have been entirely possible to have trained some of the, the you know, people who were supporting this to be, much more sort of respectful and in keeping with uh, the project if we had recognized the problem early enough. And I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I hear what you're saying and, and it would have been a better experience probably for everybody had we done that. Um, and then I also am touched beyond belief that people were talking about how, you know, we were time traveling. I think that's kind of true, but it's, sort of I don't know of anybody else on such a large scale that that can say the amount of people that did that and and how it really touched them and so um so yeah I mean I I both accept the critique but also um recognize the people who were saying the the connection and the power and the spirit that they were feeling in this and and that's very moving for me Hmm. yeah so 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 since we have you um um, I was wondering if um, we could get sort of, because um, I wasn't able to make it to any of those meetings in New Orleans, and um, and they're not posted yet, um, you know, for us to watch um, on the website. I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about, about your takeaways, because, you know, the reenactment is sort of in keeping with the kind of work you do around around black liberation and around freedom. And, um, and so, you know, from the reception on Thursday evening at the uh, art gallery, you know, to these days, you know, where, 
you know, I didn't get a chance to see any, you know, I didn't get a chance to go to the Andre plantation and see the wounding of, of, of the, of the slave master and the killing of his son yes. and then the other stuff that happened. So I was just wondering if you, maybe you could talk about sort of your, um, you know, just talk about the experience and then your takeaways. Yeah. Um, I mean, the experience for me, I mean, I tell people this is sort of the most amazing thing I've ever done with the possible exception of raising a, a child who I think is, I mean, is now an adult. Um, they're, they're an adult. And, and, but this was, I mean, to have the amount of people that have told me that this was so meaningful and one of the, you know, most beautiful things they've been part of or, or life changing or something that's, I feel that to be part of sort of initiating that and, 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 um, you know, it was amazing and being in the space that we were in. And I, I sort of feel that, you know, there, there was real growth and transformation over the course of the two days. I mean, when everybody did show up in the gymnasium on Monday, that was one thing, but, but by the time we got to the old U S mint, it was, I mean, fierce women had kind of taken, taken this project on in a just, amazing amazing way and when they were chanting ashe ashe liberté liberté it was it was so powerful it was just i mean the the you know i described the project as being kind of a framework and a collaborative project where it you know i initiated it but it really needs to be a community engaged project where people take it up and and, and once we got to the mint what was happening was it was way not just my project it was a lot of people's project and and people had owned it in new ways and much in better ways than I could even begin to comprehend comma and and it was just the most beautiful space I've ever been in at that point um and you know hearing people talk afterwards and we you know didn't know all of what was unleashed until afterwards you know um you know, hearing, you know, somebody, I mean, I, one of the people that I met on the route and I didn't know that much about, I mean, but he had just gotten finished doing, you know, a 10 year bid and, and, you know, being sort of embodying freedom sort of after having recently been incarcerated for so long was very meaningful to, to Suntel and, and, you know, hearing, um, you know, I mean, and again, that, that uh, Uncle Bobby and Beatrice were came out. I mean, when I heard that they were coming, I was like, this this project matters in ways way beyond what I sort of, you know, you know, I, I had my hopes, but I mean, the fact that that y'all um, heard that call and then got on a plane and and then came and you know walked through the cold and the wet and the, you know, and 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 put one foot in front of the other because of how it both meant for understanding this past and this and how how our ancestors fought for freedom but also what it meant in the present and actually getting justice for for people who were you know under the gun of the police and and actually trying to build a movement for liberation in in, in other ways um you know this was you know it was kind of mind blowing how how it brought people together or or that there was somebody who was whose great, great grandmother participated and, you know, Sammy Ross, you know, I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that I had met her when she came to a, a reenactment rehearsal training for, to use muskets, to use the musket training. And she had driven nine hours from, I believe Tallahassee. And she was going to, you know, get in her car and drive nine hours back that night. And we found a place for her to stay, which was great. So she did, but you know, she didn't have enough money for her to stay and she didn't even ask. And when we said, look, this is crazy to drive another, you know, to come for a three hour rehearsal and drive 18 hours in a day, that's, that's crazy. But then to find out that, that 
you know, her great great grandmother was one of the rebels of 1811. It was, you know, th- that people connected with this is so moving and makes the project so much richer. And there's so much that I feel that I, as an individual, don't know, but there's a lot of stories that we just don't know. And, and we're going to, you know, the, some of the, the team at Antenna is going to be sending out so, sort of like a survey to all of the reenactors so that we can hopefully learn a little bit more. Because I think, you know, every story I've heard, multiply that by three or 400, and, and you'll get a much deeper story of what, what actually happened and was unleashed. And then also thinking about how it moves into the future, that, you know, this really was something that, you know, connects not just to the past, but to, to the future. And, and so, um, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, like, uh, you know, some of the activists from Justice and Beyond who were fighting in, you know, against the toxic corporations in Cancer Alley talk about, you know, how this connected, this past connected to their present. And, and so, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I was just, touched to be kind of part of it and and so thankful and grateful for all the 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 courageous and 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 sort of soul searching or not soul searching but the the work that people did the, the where they were willing to go with sort of this ancestral past and and how they were willing to think about liberation in the present um mm-hmm. you know to me it was just amazing and and um you know it really was a collective collaborative project that had many sort of people participating for a range of reasons, but all very much in keeping with what the project is about. And, and while I, not to minimize any of the weaknesses and shortcomings and things that could have been done differently, I, I just think that this was, you know, amazing. I mean, I think it was amazing. It was, you know, uh, something I, I, you know, will will probably remember for the rest of my life is, is just this beautiful experience. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I have another one really more question. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, Dred. You mentioned um, I think you lost your voice um, <laughs> between um, Friday and Saturday, but you did yeah, spend the yeah. night. And and I was just wondering um, if you could share, um, just because you mentioned, I'm not sure where you mentioned it, but how how such a rewarding experience that was, you know, being able to like, you know sleep you didn't get a chance to camp out because it was too cold but you know just spend the night with the army well i actually did i did stay outside i mean there were three of us yeah it was me um uh uh um stefan and uh mojik tyler who happens to be my child um who's Mm -hmm. they're 22 now so it's not really like a kid but um Mm -hmm. yeah we i started out with just blankets and then it got cold until I got a sleeping bag and stayed out. And it was, it was cold. It was hard. Um, and I think for this question of embodying this, it was really, it was, it was important for, for me to have done it. And I wished others could have been, but it, it could have done it. And it was just, there was too much. We weren't able to pull. I mean, there was, there were so many things pulling against the project, even in the day before it, that we weren't able to actually really make it so that more people could have stayed outside. And I think more would have mm-hmm. if they knew it was possible. But just it was, I mean, and y'all who were there, I mean, it was that first day was, it was hard work. I mean, both emotionally, but also physically. And it was cold. And, 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 but, you know, as somebody, as a performance artist, I mean, it was sort of important for me to really feel, I mean, and I know that in 1811, people might have had a fire and they might have had a wool coat, so it would have been warmer. But it's still, I mean, in 1811, 
in January, it was cold. It was cold and rainy. We know how rainy and cold it was. We don't know how cold it was. We didn't, I, I haven't seen a report on whether it was 35 degrees or 40 degrees or something, but we know that it was very cold. Um, and so it was important to have my body experience that. And I think for those of us who did it, realizing the strength of people who came before us was important. And to know that, you know, worst case, I'm going to get a little bit cold and maybe sick or something like that, but I'm going to live through this. Um, was, you know, enabled me to say, wow, when people didn't have that freedom and luxury that, it, you know, but I knew that I could draw on that strength. And so it was important and it affected my body the second day. I mean, I was really hoping, man, I hope it's warmer because I'm cold. My body hurts. The ground is hard. The ground is cold. Yes. Um, but that, but also it was toxic as hell. I mean, that, you know, Norco, I mean, I had a sore throat, I think partially from shouting, but partially because I was breathing in burning petrol and, and, you hear this, I mean, there's this fireball that's just, you know, a half mile from where we were sleeping. That is the burn off that they have for the the um, the natural gas they don't know what to do with. They, and so it, they just burn it off and it's this thing mm-hmm. that lights up the sky. But it is also in the back of my throat, even even when I you know, went there the day before and didn't stay overnight, it was hurting it, just because of the, the, the chemicals that are there. And so knowing how it's poisoning people, you know, was actually part of, part of that experience. And even though it meant that I couldn't, it was harder and harder to talk on Saturday, that it was very much worth doing and getting a sense of what people in, in the present are kind of experiencing. And, and I, I sort of describe it as, you know, I lost my individual voice because of this, but our collective voice grew much stronger. Um, mm. So. That's good, wow. That's good. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And um, so I wanted to ask all of you if um, maybe we could um, uh, talk about, um, you know, day two, those that were were there. And, you know, I, I didn't see, um, I, I was told that there were like these poles that people went through and under into Armstrong Park. Um, mm-hmm. But by the time um, we got to that part of the um, of the entrance, the women in white, the healers were there, but there was nothing for us to walk through. So I didn't know that that had happened until um, Brother Aleem where Ralph told me that, you know, his daughter was one of the people holding the arch. Um, so anyway, but it was just it's just so so beautiful the way there was there were people to to cheer us, you know, that we 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 made it to New Orleans, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and. Um, yeah, and and then the Mardi Gras Indians and the drummers and and the whole you know wonderful calling of the names from the stage and and the way you thought uh, dread of having you know us all call the names and and your collaboration with Delfeo, uh, Adelfio, sorry, Marcellus and his band and then the woman um, who uh, sang whose name I don't know. And um, and then Sonny, who did the wonderful poem. So I was wondering if, if we could talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the you know, this was, again, really collaborative. And I, I reached out to Baba Luther to have him sort of organize a lot of the music and, and how we would come in. And I said, you know, I really wanted to make sure there was somebody doing libation. You know, if Mama Sula or somebody else could be part of that. And I, I said, you know, we really do want to do this, you know, Janelle Monet song and have all the many of the reenactors come up with their weapons and, and lift up the names of the, the you know, rebels from 1811. 
Um, but that was sort of the broad remit and, 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 you know, he put together the rest. I mean, he, you know, I, I, you know, in my heart, we would love to, you know, had Mardi Gras and, and, and specifically Fayaya. Um, but I, but I didn't sort of ask for that. He, you know, thought that up and put that together and went, went to the broader community to have that happen. And then to walk in under these, you know, poles that were, you know, held, held by these healers was, was, it was really beautiful and touching. But I, you know, I think that, you know, again, various people heard the call and, and put in what they understood was needed to, to make it happen. And, you know, I, as I said, there was some stuff that I, somewhat directed, but largely it was, you know, people getting the spirit of what this was about and, and contributing to, 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 to make it much better than if it was just all out of the head of one person or even a couple people. It was, you know, um, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, so, I mean, like Mapo, who was one of the reenactors, her former husband and current boyfriend was one of the drummers. And I know that she felt very welcome by having that there. There were, you know, a lot of the, the people who traditionally play in Congo Square, you know, are were there. And, and, and it was sort of that joining of this, this space, which has been kept alive by, you know, the Congo Square Preservation Society and other individuals to sort of merge with this project and then, then to bring, you know, Delfeo Marcellus and, and Fayaya and, 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 you know, it was, it was, it was really amazing. And the singer's name is Grace. I can't remember her last name right now, I, I, and, but, um, you know, she really, you know, I, I think really brought it. And, and it was, even that was, you know, because we didn't rehearse it, um, you know, it, it wasn't exactly as I envisioned. And I think the band wasn't exactly sure what they were doing and they did, but by the time you got about five or six names in, everybody caught it and was playing and, and, and lifting everything on a much stronger level. And that, that was, I think the nature of the project, which was just amazing to see happen in real time. Yeah. Other comments? Yeah, I have. I don't know if, if there are other people on. I don't want to keep jumping in in front of folks, but you know, no, I, no, everyone I is still just... here. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. okay. Still here. Everyone okay. feels quiet. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. We're in deep reflection mode. <laughs> But um, yeah, I I wanted to take it just a step back, just to even um, when we made it to New Orleans and we arrived at at the Mint, and then just like uh, what just broke out just energetically, you know how we we were sort of like getting in this formation, and then there was just this like real moment of celebration, you know, and mm-hmm. chants and. Shout out to uh, Jordan Rome and Julie yeah. and Amy yeah. and um, I think the person's name is May May. Just all I mean, you, there's a there's an Instagram video that came out of of people around Jordan and this beautiful, just like guttural, fiery, you know, chant that just everybody was in. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I fully, wholeheartedly, without a doubt, <laughs> feel like that moment was made possible because we really felt like, you know, we had arrived in this big liberation moment. You know, it was a real feeling, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for your for your body to be just, like, uh, pushed, for you to be kind of, like, standing on this legacy of, like, wow, if I feel like this, you know, yesterday, what did our ancestors feel like? Or, or just even just feeling motivated by this community we had just created together. I mean, it was just a real feeling, um, I think, uh, that people were in. And so we just carried that through all the way through, um, 
through parts of, I think we were on like, I don't know, can't remember, Decatur and whatever got us into um, Armstrong Park. I mean, that just like joyous celebratory thing. It was a, it was a, it was like a similar, like it was a culmination, but it was also like a very different feeling from marching through like the more rural parts, Laplace and so forth, like being in New Orleans, marching through New Orleans, you know, in that spirit, that high energy was something totally different. It was also really, um, you know, for a, a couple seconds, you kind of peep the uh, responses from uh, onlookers, you know. <laughs> so some people were like, yeah. what the fuck, New Orleans? Like, what y'all? what are y'all doing today? You know, because New Orleans is also full of spontaneity and things like wild things happen every day here in the city. But also just uh, to be kind of met by onlookers who are just like, kind of in that feeling and moment of celebration with us, like feeling also supported by that. And then, and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then there we were in Congo square. And it was just like, I don't know. It just was, it was overwhelming and, and really surreal. It, it was really hard to kind of allow my mind to take everything in because it was just so much going on. Um, but yeah, I just felt like that, that whole moment in New Orleans was just massive and just a quick side note, the uh, Slave Rebellion uh, reenactment mass choir, we were practicing some things on the bus. We were like, okay, we kind of had to practice a little. We had a little set list going. So, like, right, right. We were not yeah. playing around about just like also trying to like organize ourselves within this a little more to be like, okay, you know, because we thought, I think we thought we were going to be marching for like a, a pretty longer duration before we got into Congo Square. And so there was something really beautiful of just, like, us, again, um, coming together as what felt like this collective energetically um, and just kind of with each other to even prepare, like, songs and more chants. And some of those came out, and then – but the moment was just so big. It was like I feel like we were just in this – I don't even know. We were in this bigger moment um, collectively, and so there was so much happening within and around all of that. but it was incredible. It was incredible, like nothing I have ever experienced in my entire life. <laughs> Absolutely. Jordan, I agree. <laughs> and I have to, this is Kelsey, I have to jump off the line here in a minute, but I just wanted to also speak to that spontaneity and the fact that we got to end there at Congo Square, which is, you know, what they call the birthplace of jazz, and have all this great improvisational moment. I mean, that is, we got there and that was, jazz it was like we just embodied the entire evolution of yeah. jazz music in two days and to be there with you all was so so powerful and to do that time traveling and that unifying and all of these moments of not only with the people who are there but our ancestors and and to really feel like we're we're shifting through spaces of spirits and time and um and being able to come together in that way was an incredible moment in in my life so Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Wanda, for organizing us here today and Dread for everything yeah. you did. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I have to jump off, but I really hope that we get a chance to continue building things like this together and that, you know, there are so many of these histories that now we have all this learning from as well that we can apply in the future and and hopefully mm-hmm. just continue to get free in this way together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Was that brass band that joined us as we entered into Congo Square, were, were they meant to be a part of our <laughs> procession, or did we just kind of catch them up? I really wanted to know. There was like a, some some gentlemen, trumpets, and a tuba. I I don't know. Did, I mean, okay. I talked I talked with Bubba Luther about having a band join us, but I don't think that ever actually kind of got sort of fully developed. And so I think right. it was spontaneous, but I don't know. That's awesome. Hmm. I mean, it kind of felt spontaneous because <laughs> I felt like they sort of looked at us like, what's happening? But then they quickly were just like, oh, like, we know how to join the parade. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's New Orleans. So That's new. It was a very right. New, it new Orleans, Orleans. gathering. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I felt I felt like when we arrived, it was like, even though the, the park was massive, I felt like, you know, again, I know I keep speaking ancestrally, but it was like, it was the amount of people who were there in physical form times 10, you know, because I really feel like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the descendants of that rebellion um, and and the people who died in that rebellion and so many more people, you know, spiritually were also there in Congo Square, you know, because significantly it's also where, where enslaved people, you know, uh, had a chance to gather historically. And so it just did a lot, I think, appealing for, for so many people for, for something like that to be reenacted and kind of relived in a way, but then also transcended to something more liberatory, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also have to get going. This is Victoria, but thank you, Wanda, for for a great morning. I really appreciate this time with y'all. I enjoyed hearing the voices of the choir again, and this uh, <laughs> day up, everybody. And thank you. Yeah, yeah we well. have to do a recording I I had a, for the choir. <laughs> yeah. I, I Wanda, don't play, don't play, Wanda. <laughs> no, I'm not playing. I'm serious. I'm serious. We we, we have a really wonderful soundtrack. We need to record this. <laughs> Whoa! At least three. It could be at least three tracks. Mm-hmm. At least three yeah. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. it could be a part of the liberation fund, right? For future That's right. actions. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> this sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> we know no war was ever won without music. So. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, be well, Victoria. <laughs> Thank okay. you, y'all. Take yeah. care. Thank you, Victoria. Thanks. Take care. Bye. You too. Uh, it's, uh, so, in, any closing time. thoughts from anyone that's still left um, with us in the yeah, studio? I was gonna gonna say on uh, a closing thought. I um, somebody was talking about what's happened the next day, and I had a flight I needed to catch the next day. But but I woke up hearing freedom, liberty, freedom, liberty, and and it carried me through the morning and. I I do occasionally hear hear the chant of of the walk and and it galvanizes me and, and moves me in in important ways and um and this was something that you know there's a number of of unexpected and charming surprises that that were a part of this event and that is one that that uh, continues to to move with you know, move me. Um, and so yes, this has been a really powerful 
uh, experience. And of course, I'm really happy to be able to talk about this experience with, with you all and process it and hear uh, about all of the ways in which it resonated with, with various people. Um, and, and of course, it was it's great that, that Dred Scott, you were able to join us um, and, and, um, and do participate in this, in this conversation. Um, and, and so, again, thanks for inviting me and letting me be a part of this, Wanda. Oh, well, thank you. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation, you know, and action in other ways. Because we're still not yeah. free yet, right? That's why this is so I'm important. Not, yeah, not right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Y'all have a good day. You too. Alrighty. You too. Peace and blessings. Wanda, okay. I have to jump so, off too now. Um, but okay. thank you all so much for you know both participating, but also and for Wanda for organizing this this conversation and and for the brief period I was able to hear it. I, I mean, I just really thank you guys for sharing and taking more time to be part of it. And and um, I look forward to listening to the the whole thing once it's once Wanda you have it sort of archived somewhere so we can hear it. But, um, sure. Yeah. It's it's in great. iTunes. Um, among other places. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll send okay. you a link for sure, everyone. Okay, thanks. Well, thank you. And, you're, and you're um, be well. And it was just, again, so wonderful to march toward freedom with all you guys. And hopefully we will continue that march in different forms. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thanks, Dre. Freedom or death. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. You take good care, Dred. Peace and blessings. <laughs> okay. So, I'm um, still, on, one I'm still on here, Wanda. I think. Okay, cool. It's Jordan. <laughs> um, yeah, this hey, is my Jordan. last reflection. And I, you know, I'm, I'm Thank so you so involved. much for all of your great reflections. I mean, just like, wow. Oh, just really no, great, great sharing. Thank you. Can you tell I'm a talker? Um, <laughs> but but not, just, not just that. It's just like there's something that happens when – you get to, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's been like many moments like this. If you've participated in an action or if you've done anything creative, when you're when you're in this like collective energy with people, you just feed off of each other, you know. And so it's mm-hmm. been so energizing to actually just feed off of like the memories and the the kind of reliving, um, somewhat I guess you could say almost nostalgia now. Um, and then, um, yeah, just feeling it over again. I guess just my last reflection is, um, I mean, you know, I I like to live and think abundantly in my life. And, um, you know, I oftentimes have had, like, amazing experiences in my life and things I've done, places I've been able to go. And people are like, wow, that's so amazing you've done that. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And I always kind of push back against that to say, no, that's not once-in-a-lifetime. Like, you know, there's many more moments to come like this, right? But I really, mm-hmm. truly feel like I, I think it's fair to say that the slave rebellion reenactment was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and just something so rich and beautiful and complicated, you know, at the same time. But it was it was it was what it was. It was real and it was powerful. And I think my biggest takeaway just really has to do with the uh, the healing that we were able to do to, in honoring the people who gave their lives to just this notion of, of, of not even notion, action, you know, in action um, towards, towards liberation and freedom and their vision that they had. And, and 
you know, the the project of, like, actually honoring this legacy um, by saying, you know, this has been such a small footnote in history books, yet this is something so big, um, and, and, re- and really kind of being able to <clears throat> kind of put a magnifying glass to it to make it big and to make it be uh, honored. Um, so, I mean, you know, as much as, like, the press piece was really complicated, it's great. Seeing, I have a, I have like a little Google alert to to send me updates every time something Slave Rebellion reenactment pops up, and mm. I'm still getting alerts, you know. And so it's mm-hmm. amazing to see um, how this history and legacy now has also been elevated, um, and just amazing, like all the incredible people that participated in this. Um, again, as complex as we all were, there was not a a monolith of black people. It wasn't like the woke black people decided to be a part of this. It was all kind of black people, you know, um, um, which is mm-hmm. great, which is, which is what, which is what our society should look like. Um, and also uh, there was this kind of uh, pan-African or um, experience where you had African-Americans, um, U.S. black people, you had Caribbean black people be, um, choosing to be a part of this because they, they also felt the significance you know, of this. Um, so there was just so many layers. It, it, I mean, you know, it may take me an entire year to really fully articulate and process all of this, but more than anything, um, I am so happy that I participated because it absolutely changed my life. It absolutely healed me on a uh, level in this realm and also uh, ancestrally and spiritually, and it, and it more than anything, connected me to incredible people that, um, you know, even for some folks, if we never see each other again, our heartstrings are attached in the sense of we all were a part of this. Um, and then there's mm-hmm. some people where, yeah, we, we, we're going to do our best to just keep up with each other and show each other love and check up on each other and support each other's work, you know, into the futures. And so, yeah, just so much. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, look forward to, you know, having other conversations um, yeah. because, you know, this, this, like you mentioned, this experience for those that weren't able to be present um, mm-hmm. for one or both days is something mm-hmm. that, you know, we could talk about, but we can't really, we can't really, like, do it justice with words because it was something that you had to, like, experience. You had to feel how, yeah. like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to lift my feet the next day, right? Because, like, <laughs> well, I yeah. thought I was in good shape. I thought I could do this. Yeah. But, wow, something about walking on rocks on a levee, you know, through toxic, Man, you. you know, um, okay. a toxic atmosphere and then mm-hmm. the weather getting cold and just sort of standing mm-hmm. around for two hours at lunchtime mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the sun going down and there's a battle and your people don't mm-hmm. win and how, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just a whole lot. I mean, it was yeah. a really, those were some full, full days, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, but it was I, beautiful. You know, I have, I have to say just one more quick thing, which was the transition back into the real world or this realm, if you will. <laughs> it was just so, it was so wild, and it was really funny, Wanda, where I felt like God was just, like, literally, um, taking all the jokes so after congo square it's saturday night i've made it back to my car made it back to my apartment but right before going back home or i needed to pop out again to the store so for the first time i'm out of these clothes 
you know, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm sort of like re-entering, right? And I'm just in my regular garden, clothes, street clothes and everything, pop to the store to get some water, right? And um, I'm at the cash register, and the song on the radio in, in the Whole Foods um, is, mm-hmm. And I would walk 500 miles, and I would walk 500 more. Do you know this song? Mm-mm, no, I don't. Uh-uh. Oh, my gosh. It just was, It was, it's like, a, I just think it's like an 80s song or something like that. But I just was like, this yeah. is God laughing at me so hard that here's a song on the radio. <laughs> 500. You know, we here's a song on the radio talking about right. walking 500 miles after <laughs> I had just done this pilgrimage thing, right? And um mm-hmm. and I remember just even looking around me and I didn't I didn't feel like I had actually arrived back in twenty nineteen just yet. Like I I looked I was looking around in the grocery store and it I, I yeah, it, again, the time traveling thing was like a real trip and it took me it took me about a whole day to kind of just come back to like present um day um after this experience. And so that I never experienced. Um, so you can only experience that if you participate, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. which, which yeah. you know, sort of it's a lesson for people that say, man, I wish I would have done it. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, because I, I traveled from, you know, from, from San Jose. Uh, I mean, I live in mm. the East Bay, but the cheaper ticket was um, about an hour away at another airport. So wow. I got, you know, I flew into one airport, flew out of one airport, and flew back into San Francisco. Right. And it took me three hours to get home wow. uh, when I finally got back um, here because uh, there was something happening with the public transit system. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, while I'm like just standing, it's like, oh my gosh, I really wish I was home. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and but but it was just like, you know, you think about these moments. And you're like, I'm mm-hmm. so happy I was there because it's yeah. never going to yeah. happen again. Just like, yeah. you know, January 1811, you know, yeah. it didn't happen anymore, but we reenacted it. And yeah. and look, it took um, Dred Scott, gosh, it took him, years. I don't know, quite a few years. It took a lot of years yeah. to be able to pull that yeah. off. And yeah. he said, yeah. this is it, folks. But, you know, that doesn't yeah. say that, you know, we can't get together. So I'm thinking since you're in New Orleans, I don't know what the weather's going to be like on uh-huh. January 8, 2020, but I'm thinking I want to mm-hmm. do a meetup. And and I was thinking <laughs> we could get we could get um you know the um that that tour company that does historic, you know, African centered tours to like take us to those spots cuz I didn't get to the Andre Plantation. And I want to go mm-hmm. to the other big one, the Dresher one. And I want to go oh, to that church. I want to like want to go to the do those spots. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, we need yeah. to, and, and, we and, to and, give ourselves mm-hmm. a little time to, to organize. I think it's very possible. I think it. Well, I don't know. I mean, endless possibility. I know that can be a little mm-hmm. challenging with the holidays, um, but um, I think it's very doable if people want to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of regather, collect ourselves on a certain level. I think we have to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, see what that really could and would look like. I know there are lots of people who um, still want to be in this together and still kind of want to be like one body in this, mm-hmm. um, you know, together. So, yeah, I think we should do a little poll to see what's possible. Uh, I know I'm going to be in Cuba, <laughs> so I know. Oh, me, are I you? Be to, okay. Yeah. So you'll be in Cuba but over the um the, the changing holidays. of the of the Gregorian calendar to the next 
one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But nice, but nice. but I I I'm I'm definitely down for I think you know and that's something that Dred mentioned because I think maybe you know I don't know if he felt it on his shoulders but you know there's that like you know there's that like next iteration what do we do what do we make of this and I think um you know he's been clear to say like this was it. And mm-hmm. and yeah. what people want to make make of it is up to them, and I think that that's also really powerful. That uh, obviously we use our agency, you know, to make of this whatever continuation, succession, next iteration of it, um, you know, what we want, what we feel is necessary, and and mm-hmm. how beautiful if if we get to continue to kind of have. Um, holidays, if you will, of honoring this like this, these rebellious spirits, you know, who mm-hmm. who right. didn't know didn't know my name, didn't know your name, but did this um, definitely, you know, for the sake of of uh, our liberation and freedom, you know. Well, we weren't we weren't here yet. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying, but, but you know, yeah. in, I'm saying I'm in a sense of like they they wanted liberation for for the, themselves and for the future generations. You know. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, cuz yeah. when they when they stood facing those muskets with farm implements, you know, they knew it was like, mm-hmm. okay, liberty or death. It was like literal. Um literal. and and that and that those um you know, those those plantation owners chose to kill these Africans who chose mm-hmm. to take their freedom in cold mm-hmm. blood cuz they didn't have to do that. They knew that mm-hmm. they they had the Africans surrounded. They knew that mm-hmm. they did not have any more weapons. After they killed the mm-hmm. first 80 in one round, it's like, okay, well, they have no weapons to fire at us. We can mm-hmm. just go in there and just arrest them all. But, no, mm-hmm. they decided to keep on shooting. I mean, the, the atrocity of, of uh, the atrocity mm-hmm. and just, like, level of violence, you know, is, mm-hmm. is, is yeah. wild to just think about. Like, you know, like I said, the ways that people suffering was continued to be, um, continue to evolve and, and evolve. Like, you know, you know, how do you keep keep a group of people or a person um, feeling like they are literally not even a, not even a person, not even mm-hmm. with you know uh, attached to a soul or. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and reinventing ways to to remove them from their bodies and 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 make them suffer. It's it's just wild. Um, I can't even imagine. But so even mm-hmm. more to be faced with that reality and say, hey, we going, we moving. You know, that's mm-hmm. I mean, that's the spirit we were standing on, and that's that's mm-hmm. we were moving on, and that's incredible. I feel, I definitely think it 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 shines a light for me when I think about, you know these moments where individual and the personal struggle um, and even thinking about systematic things, you know, we, we're, we're, we're sitting on and standing on a, a legacy is something so much bigger that if we think about moving with our collective power of African people, of Brown people, mm-hmm. you know, of our, of our allies, we can really make something move, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, because, yeah, you know, we, we definitely come from a powerful people, and yep. and we just need to tap into that. We definitely are not victims, you know. Um, no. And, and we have everything we need to be successful. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah. and we just that have to realize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, have a wonderful yeah, 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 time yeah, in Cuba. How long are you going to be there? Thank you. 
I'm going to be there. I leave on the 18th. It's kind of basically all a okay. part of my, um, um, you know, I make December. December for me is not at all about Jesus. It's about Jardis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, my, birthday, <laughs> my birthday is on on December 20th um, oh. for everybody that's going to hear this podcast. Um, but so because my birthday is in December, I, I've kind of had a ritual and tradition of um, – of traveling, you know, internationally through that time of, like, my new year. So it's really my new mm-hmm. year, and I like to do it big. I'm Sagittarius. Sagittarians, we mm-hmm. kind of, <laughs> we we go a little hard. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. so I have uh, people and family down there. This will be, like, my fourth trip, and I'm okay. also in the process of starting a business called Black Butterfly Travels. And so, um, uh, you know, so, yeah, I go and I stay with family, Um down there, and uh, I think I should probably stop talking about that at this point because uh, Cuba stuff has gotten weird. There's been a lot of uh, policing and surveillance around, like travel there. So yeah, that's what yeah. I'll, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I go for mm-hmm. religious purposes, and I'm with my family, um, and I'm mm-hmm. traveling on my nice. birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. um, I uh, I do I do my uh, my half birthday uh, celebration on your birthday. Because I was born June twentieth. Oh. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I will be celebrating on your birthday too. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, that's great. <laughs> yeah, because so sometimes fun. our birthdays are the equinoxes, right? Yeah, mine is the uh, right. You know, the first day of summer, that. and yours is sometimes the first day of winter. Yeah, it's just around that time. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah. awesome. So this call was awesome. I mean, this show was awesome. I. I really want to continue to follow the show. Um, if you have incredible people like this on, I, I gotta definitely stay, keep staying, staying uh, tuned to to uh, the show. And big up to you, Wanda, for um, helping to kind of keep the fire and magic going uh, by creating this space. Um, really appreciate that. Oh, you're quite welcome. Yeah, I look forward to yeah. uh, seeing you again, you know, face-to-face and to our time in yeah. the studio. You have to let us know, sort of, you know, how to coordinate that. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I because, think, I think yeah. a, a follow-up with the Slave Rebellion reenactment um, mass choir would mm-hmm. would be awesome. I really, truly think people would be down. Um, I think it's a, most of us, we have each other's uh, phone numbers, and if not, we have, mm-hmm. we have the email list to kind of go go with um but uh Mm -hmm. um yeah because i think um like i said there were so many offshoots of uh like subcultures within the slavery rebellion reenactment um squad (laughs) of people Mm -hmm. and so we were certainly like a subculture and so it'd be cool to just like share a little bit and talk about um you know how we kind of came into formation and maybe sing some Mm -hmm. of the songs um you know and and even just like that energy of looking out for each other because we definitely got in that place where like we didn't want to squad up anymore, uh, mm-hmm. you know we, we didn't want to lose anyone when you know right, once we right. like squatted yeah, up together, you know. Yeah, because when they were trying to just sort of get us together, I'm like, no, I was with some people, like yeah, you know when yeah, they were like yeah. trying to put us like, no, I need I need to be right. with my people. And so, well, you can catch <laughs> yeah, up, and, yeah. like no, 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 I can't catch up. No, so where are they? Yeah, and think about it. Think about how fast. <laughs> Once we got to New Orleans, everything moved so fast, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. we, yeah, it was yeah. important for us to actually be in that together. So, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. And I, and I think, for me, I don't know if people were 
you know, identified as like black feminists or or whatever, but that I, I also just felt like there was this like um, kind of intercommunal black feminist, you know, um, or or feminist energy um, that um, really just made it something like it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Ah, I don't even know. Okay, I guess. I probably need to stop talking now because I'm, I'm losing my words. But yeah, it was just, it was just electric mm-hmm. and it was super powerful. So. Yeah, I agree. You know, seeing, seeing, you know, you know, black women on horses, you know, in the battle mm-hmm. scenes, mm-hmm. Um, because we we don't show up in the literature and in the names, but in mm-hmm. in this wonderful book, On to New Orleans, Louisiana's Historic 1811 Slave Revolt, mm-hmm. uh, brief history and documents. Um, by Albert Thrasher, he says even if the black, even if the women are not mentioned by name, they were all up in the rebellion, and they mm-hmm. died too, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. heroically. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so, in this reenactment, we were able to make it visual, you know, like because yeah. we were there, like yeah. you know, we were totally taking up that space. Yeah, yeah, I felt like mm-hmm. yeah, and, and and you know, I identify as genderqueer, but. As a genderqueer person, being able to be, you know, in a holding a line with with black women, mm-hmm. and and just like holding this energy of like feminine divine, was mm-hmm. really incredible. And like I said, um, you know, because there was there was also like I said, all critique, all critique considered and aside, you know, I know there were mm-hmm. some people who made a choice not to be a part of it for one reason or another. And mm-hmm. um, I, all I can say is is that I'm glad that all things considered, I was a part of it um, because, yeah, it just it kind of t- took things to another level for me. And I, it's hard actually in this very moment as I'm sitting here talking to you for me to imagine now. It's hard for me to imagine my, my life without that moment, you understand? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it felt like it was um, – just a really critical, um, almost like initiation, if you will, or a really critical moment of time, a, a crossing into a different threshold for my life, um, mm. you know, for, for it to be all for the better. Because, again, I really feel like it brought some real healing. Um, it brought some real healing to my lineage and to myself. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of, cha- I mean, no joke, it's changed my, my, my spirit and my constitution. I feel like I'm able to show up in the world a little differently, um, you know, because of this experience. And that, you know, that's some unscripted stuff. That's something we, you know, none of, none of us knew uh, mm-hmm. maybe that we would we could feel transformed, you know, in this kind of way. So just really grateful. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a great way to send off 2019 and say, okay, I think I did some things in 2019. Now let's, <laughs> let's, let's mm-hmm. see what's up with 2020, you know? So Right, but, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. And then, you know, people were mentioning, you know, um, the indigenous peoples and, and you know, and, mm-hmm. and the Maroon communities and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and this whole idea, you know, um, this is large, the largest insurrection in, in the United States or the yeah, this country's history, you know, was basically been sublimated, and and the um, the people that marched for their freedom were were mm-hmm. were criminalized because they wanted mm-hmm. to be free. Um, mm-hmm. And and then I think about this is the 50th anniversary of the American Indian Movement, and particularly 
you know, the takeover of Alcatraz, which is here, you know, in in uh, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And so mm-hmm. tomorrow, you know, there's going to be a sunrise ceremony uh, at Alcatraz. There was a sunrise ceremony um, in October on Indigenous Peoples Day. You know, the sort mm-hmm. of people tell stories, those people that are still alive, of what it was like to take, you mm-hmm. know, take that, that piece of land back, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, from the government and declared, mm-hmm. you know, Indian territory. And then they mm-hmm. marched on Washington, you know, to sort of start that um, that whole Bureau of American India, Indian Affairs, you know, around, mm-hmm. you know, the, all these broken treaties. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it was strategic in a lot, a lot of ways, you know, 400 years of African-American mm-hmm. history, you know, act, and the 400 years mm-hmm. of African-American history commission, you know, 1619 to 2019, mm-hmm. the 50th anniversary of AIM, you know, and mm-hmm. then, you know, and then the sort of this, this this holding this space for freedom and for liberty, you know, these Africans mm-hmm. armed mm-hmm. with farm implements and a few mm-hmm. muskets and not enough mm-hmm. not enough gunpowder. Say we're gonna take mm-hmm. this. We're gonna take our freedom mm-hmm. back. We're gonna mm-hmm. declare our humanity. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. who would have thought, right? And then I just read who how you know, black folks were like burning down plantations, burning down houses, like, it mm-hmm. wasn't like, it, it was before this and after this, it just continued and continued and continued yeah. until we were yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. We yeah, got, no, we got I, great, I, I, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We Go got ahead. great role models. <laughs> oh, don't we? I know, right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. everything you just said is, is so on point. I think, um, you know, I think for for a lot of us who do community organizing or what have you, you know, it still felt like such a radicalizing moment, you know, and I think it was mm-hmm. radicalizing for people who never participated in any kind of, you know, direct action. I know it wasn't technically considered. I felt like it was a direct action, but that's just my two cents. No, I, I, um, think, I think Dred, Dred Scott would say, because you look at his art, it's all direct yeah. action work. We know when yeah. he's letting himself yeah. be, you know, be um, you know these these high powered hoses, you know, so he yeah. could feel it, yeah. you know, in his body. Yeah. What happened to our ancestors yeah. who wanted, you know, equal rights? And okay, I want to be able to yeah. get into this restaurant or this whatever, and they get these 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 fire hoses with water, mow people yeah. down sidewalks, and these are like young people that are getting mm-hmm. swept down sidewalks like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, or bit mm-hmm. by dogs yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely it was a direct action for sure. Yeah, it was I, art, yeah, I but think it was it also was, direct action. I think it was framed. Yeah, I think it was framed as performance art for a lot of the um, liability purposes and the permits and a lot of things. But yeah, it, it, it mm-hmm. very much felt like a direct action to me. And so yeah, like I was saying, is I, I feel like it was really radicalizing for for a lot of people. And I think I hope that that um, spirit and energy stays with with folks who are involved, you know, and taking mm-hmm. that, not just individually, but taking that collective in, collectively into this um, vision of, like, liberation and freedom because more than anything, making those parallels between, you know, the the back then and the now, right? We see, we see that, like, kind of one nail has just replaced the other in a sense of the conditions that we're, we're suffering under. And I really also hope it just really helps us um, think about, the relationship uh, we have to one another. Again, I think um, holding the power of just like black people's ability to um, self-organize and resist, but also, again, like couching it in the power of 
um, indigenous people, you know, uh, being alongside us and, and the relationships that we we kind of need to have and conversations we need to have and, um, you know, teasing out the complication of, of land, of also, um, you know, indigenous people who are made to be invisible in our society, you know, um, and, and, and tapping into some of that, like, legacy and history to possibly, you know, rebuild something into the present, you know, rebuild something in the way of solidarity um, and, and really holding each other down in the present, you know. And, uh, yeah, so it just brought it just brought up so much, like so much was just a microcosm for, like, if we, if, if whatever your takeaways were from this experience, if you take that and kind of put that into your life work and mission, I mean, yeah, then, then it really does move us a few steps closer to getting free. You know, mm-hmm. right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on to New Orleans, on to New Orleans. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you. Um, I'm, as soon as the call ends, I'm gonna. You should hopefully get the recordings that I have. It's mostly the um, mass choir, um, and oh, some songs and things like that. So yeah, hopefully it'll come. Send me a confirmation just to let me know you got it, because I, I hope it okay. can come through to you. How's that? Okay. All right, super. That sounds great. And do you have a website for your business yet? If you do, you can give uh, it to I our audience. I don't yet. I'm in the process. Um, I have a Instagram, Black Butterfly Travels. Um, I'm in the works of getting things off the ground. But, yeah, Black Butterfly mm-hmm. Travels uh, should be um, really kind of in full effect. My um, hope is uh, spring of 2020. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. um, you okay. can find me on Instagram. Yeah. All right, cool. When when once you're up and Brilliant. going, we'll have you on. We'll have you on to talk about Black Butterfly Travel. Amazing! I love that. Thank you, Wanda. I appreciate that. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, okay. Take beautiful. Care. All right. Take care. Bye now. You too. Peace and blessings. So we are going to um, conclude with um, Billy Harper's um, knowledge of self with Amiri Baraka. And I want to let people know um, that um, African-American Shakespeare, Cinderella, is going to be up, I believe, next week. And Diamana Cora um, is having their performance, their home season, um, uh, this weekend, the 30th. Uh, the 30th? Is it Saturday? Yes, Saturday. Um, really, really wonderful. Diamana Cora, uh, West African Dance Company. And, um, and then... Um, the um uh joyful um what is the joyful noise concert um uh is happening at Lorraine Hansberry Theater at the Burial Clay Theater at the African American Art and Culture Complex. It continues. So there's a lot of great holiday um thoughtful theater and musical theater happening that you don't wanna miss. Um and uh, there might be other things <laughs> but those are just what come to mind presently. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Wanda's Picks. And you can tune in on Friday. We're going to rebroadcast um, something from the archives. And uh, and I want to remind people that this is the uh, beginning of the tweet for African Ancestors of the Middle Passage. Um, If you could, uh, you want to visit our our Facebook page, um, uh, Facebook um, Alpha Bay Area for the language. But if you don't want to do that, just... Just tweet or text. Um, remember uh, African ancestors of the Middle Passage. Um, remember um, uh, 
Yeah, remember African ancestors of the Middle Passage, and I have a whole lot of other things you can remember. <laughs> and then on Friday, uh, Girl Trek has Black Family Day. Um, definitely don't want to participate in the uh, uh, the Black Friday uh, uh, economic exploitation. So save your dollars and spend with people of African descent, people of conscience. Um, and so tweet. Um, uh, Freedom for black people. Um, remember uh, January uh, 1611, I mean 1811 in New Orleans, um, southeast Louisiana. Um, uh, remember uh, Slave Rebellion reenactment November 8th through 9th, 2019. You know, just tweet, you know, sort of things that are, are, are uh, liberatory and um and unifying about our people. So again, um Billy Harper's Knowledge Yourself. Thanks so much for joining us. Fletcher's grandness, the heir to his big bandness, was a master of Rob to forever lay out the blue wonderfulness of the orchestra, Duke Ellington, whose greatness transcends all trends. Duke told Max, don't let them call your music jazz, because they can make anything that. What prophecy, cold and true? Why, they can say what your boy, what's his name, Elevated G is playing, is that? You did. But then, what's his name was the king of jazz? And what's the other dude was the king of swing? And we now up to in that alley, banging on them tin pans. They called it swing. But they meant a noun, not a verb. Never could get the verb in it. Remember all them ladies and men, masters and mistresses of the verbal thing? Ethel Waters in a blue, new American classical popular song. And Billy, who reached the deepest tear in our heart. And Ella, all flying off them wonderful bands who carried our hearts, our meaning in their songs. The royalty like Duke and the Count of Basie, the lady who made her alliance with the real American president, Mr. Young. And you know they swung. Bean, the mighty hawk, taught us all how Lewis sounded on another horn. And
and the cats in their van, Duke's people at the top of the steeple, Johnny Hodges, Harry Carney, Cooney Williams, Cat Anderson, Paul Gonzalez, Ben Webster, and other greats who morphed into another age. If the 20s was the jazz age, then the 30s, the Great Depression, people seemed like they got skinny. But the age of swing, from all those songs, the world was looking for love, but it seemed like there wasn't any. Goose stepping in Europe, pain in Spain. They was painting mustaches on the Mona Lisa and putting a commode in the museum. Had civilization stopped? My man Helene said they couldn't stop bebop, and they won't stop hip-hop. Bird blue, dizzy new. Max carried our original earth to this place where we grew. Bud smiled, and here come miles. There was a bee and a bop. It's just another beat, another bee and another act. Where the is and the unis cohabit the same frame. But the sound was a verb, not a noun, unless you could in Congo style really get down our share shake. But then the could did, and then them original hipsters appeared with the Vance and the Bowie O'Rooney. Said you gotta have them black notes, actually they is blue. I want my fist flatted. And you gotta have the drum where we and the music come from. Dig, that word was the first I heard. It all came beyond paper. For the proper syncopation, you gotta have improvisation. We're gonna take them tired chords and make our own songs, our own stories. Otherwise, it's too dull. It don't swing. It ain't hip. We said we wanted wild, crazy, frantic. We wanted it to be exactly like us. Gone from the square world or out to lunch. My man Symphony Sid from the jazz corner of the world. It sounded like there was never anything before us. Hip as Birdland and it's lullaby where I first heard the divine one. Sassy say, you're not that kind of a boy. You're not the kind of a boy. You're not the kind of a boy for a uh, uh, girl like me. And we heard of Fats Navarro and Fat Girl and Kenny Clark and Klug and Long Tall Dexter Gordon and Stan Getz and Zoot Sims. We heard the hippest people in the world. But remember, when you go out, somebody's going to try to bring you back in. Bop was too hot, the anti-bop squad said. Too fast, too crazy. Crazy, we said. The counterattack was to bring it back. Y'all been out to lunch too long, whether it was swing or bebop, Disney dream. If you wanted a cop, you had to hit the street. No road out of the jungle, that's 52nd Street, where the Charleston hit the New York docks. 12th Avenue was a shock. From Angola to the Gullahs in South Carolina, got the first thing smoke, went up to New York. Charleston, James P. wrote, to greet those who landed in the Devil's Northern House, Hell's Kitchen to be exact. San Juan Hill, Monk and Vinnie Carter's home, where Lincoln Center sits still. That's right. He on the only money that ain't white. But what we was trying to say, when it got too hot, some folks tipped away from that street. I think it was the heat. Last scene heading west, they next address. It was cool, really cool. Some said, calm down. Miles said, get down. Stan heard, Clue, Budo, Jerry heard, Lee heard, John Lewis heard, Gil Evans heard, Pancho Haygood heard. They gave birth to the school, the real birth of the cool. When the memory of the hip starts to slip, the gorgeous blue, the funk we knew, they're going to bend their knees and raise it back from the mood indigo that flows out of the black. What was bad could be bad. Much, much better than that. Thus spoke that. So when Cool started to fool with my man Jojo's soul, he went out and put the church in where the Negroes' eyes be rolling back in their head and start speaking some stuff ain't never been said. A dude named Buhena played them drums like he was insane or from the blue continent of dark under your heartbeat. Dudes named Horace drugged the funky gospel into the joints, hollering, let me see what you do with your shovel. And the Holy Ghost popping his tambourine, chick-a-ching, razzle in the room. That's nasty when you bring Africa and the Lord in like that. 
messengers from the Holy Ghost Mau Mau Baptist Church. And they got a message from Kenyon 125th Street, the University of Blakey, the Academy of, well, it might have seemed like that, but it really was this, where you could dig Hank Mobley and listen nobly to the man who called the uncrowned king, Kenny Dorham. But always so many others came to fill up the space with names of that school, Clifford Brown, Luke Donaldson, Percy He, Donald Bird, Jack McLean, Lee. Morgan, Benny Goldson, all the way to Billy Harper and Wynton Marcellus. What all that was was the saving of the deep historical bonds, the blues, the ancient call and response from across the trees and through the woods so you know where I am and I wait for your response. Our blue life memory all the way back across the world. The zigzag of chance, the improv, and fix however to the mighty drum, the rhythm of life, what has no beat cannot stay. What was called hard bop was something to wake us up again to the rhythm of ourselves. Max and Brownie, along with Buhena, helped bring the fire back. The post-cool smoke fanned through the wings of the great bird, but now the heavy motion would be by train. We call that band of miles the Hydrogen Bomb and Switchblade Band. Paul and Red, Cannonball, the Funkus, Mad Philly Joe and Train, the Monster with the Horn. Actually, Miles' great band was but a preface to another awesome being, Trains, Coet Tyner, Jimmy Garrison, Eldon Jones. But Train had to pass through the sphere of Theolonius to get deep into the mysterioso of the funk, leaving the world of the merely hip for the monkishly profound. Monk and Train at the five spot opened the new world of other than where you've been. Let me tell you, I was there. Train didn't even know the arrangements. He sounded like a stranger. But in a minute, Train was in it, and the whole building moved and pulled away. Little Rudy Tootie, jackying and Monk's moves. So around midnight, the new music came. We never was the same. By the time they got from the Bowery to Carnegie Hall, must have been time for something next stop new. Even a Pharaoh, an Ornette, an Albert, a Sun Ra fell by. They heard trains cry. Monks blew inside. A new world welcomed those with ears to hear. <laughs> 